Hey, 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 what's going on? Welcome to the Somewhat Privileged Podcast. I am your host, Bush Rod, coming at you with two of my main co-hosts. Uh, what's up, AJ? How you doing? How you doing? And my main man, Joe. Hey, what's good? What's good? Yo, we're back at you again with the Somewhat Privileged Podcast, where we link generation, uh, what is it, I'm X now? You're X. You've always been X. All right. Generation X, Millennials, <laughs> and Generation Z. The people I just don't understand. No, I'm just joking. I do understand some of y'all. No, you don't. <laughs> we just sat here for like 10 minutes trying to decide what kind of music we were going to put on for the intro. And some of the music, I was like, what? Who? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that right there was um, uh, Thundercat. It's not, song calls Them Changes. Yeah, pretty good. Okay. Got a little well, Booty Collins feel to it. That's, his, that's where he gets his uh, inspiration from. Yeah. It always comes back down to the old Bootsy, huh? Okay, well, Bootsy... Okay, now I'm not even going to get into it. <laughs> anyway, what's going on, AJ? Uh, you know, just uh, closing out with the school. A lot of school going on. How is school? How's those grades? Um, as far as you know, need to know, <laughs> they're doing great. You're getting your money's worth. Or at least I am. So, I'm paying. Actually, to be fair, you're not paying anything. Well... I paid, <laughs> didn't work out. Now you're on your own. And is it a coincidence I'm doing better? Yeah, when you use your own money, isn't that isn't that a quinky thing? Use your own money, and then everything works out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about this too. I mean, I have my nights, you know, doing my homework, writing my essays, and I'd be thinking, is this is this degree really worth it? Especially especially nowadays with the quarantine and stuff like that. Like I have friends who are like engineers and stuff. It's like, man, this is basically a waste because I can't even look for a job. I gra- I'm supposed to graduate in a few months. I can't even look for a job because. But you're majoring in communications, right? Well, okay, yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> the whole point is like, I get this degree, and then what? You know what I mean? And then it comes into it, like how how important is a degree really? Is it, or is it just for like? Is it just basically like chess club? You know, when you go to, come out of high school just to make yourself look good. The words no father wants to hear after he spent $35,000. I'm not saying I'm done. I'm already this far. I can see the finish line. Well, good. What's, so, communications is the major, right? Yeah. Still? Uh-huh. I mean, you know, we, we, we swapped a few. I mean, we started off with... Uh, three times to be exact. Want to be a lawyer, and uh, here we had communications. So, here's what happened. I'm going to tell you this. This is a little insight on my life. This is what happened. I remember I wanted to be a lawyer because everyone told me I should be a lawyer. I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. Got into law. The other shit fucked up. I was like, all right, then let me do um, psychology. I like yeah, human minds. Interesting. Wasn't that interesting? Because uh, people are pretty easy to read. Next was um, <laughs> next was political science. I was like, you know, I can get into politics. I can, you know, maybe make a change. That's all fucked up. Politics are I'm like, nah, never mind. So I settled communications. See, I have a slightly different recollection of, of these major changes. <laughs> As I recall, it was, it was, I want to be an attorney. Wait, I got to go to school for how long? <laughs> wait, I got to remember all this shit? Oh, wait, okay, I'm going to go to psychology. I don't got to take these classes. Wait, I got to take all these, these science classes? Wait, I don't want to take science classes. And then it was political science. Wait, I got to take all these, these humanities and history classes. I got to remember to take a lot of tests and write a lot of papers. Ugh. What communications? Here we go. Welcome to somewhat privileged. <laughs> hey, look, I'm glad. I mean, I'm learning. If anything, I just learned that 
I can get real pessimistic right now, but I'm not. But, you know, I can just. See, I just know this generation, sometimes I feel like when the going gets tough, you guys kind of say, trade me. Look, see, think about this. All right, let me put this in perspective. The same year I was taking my political science class, the same year Donald Trump got elected. So that's so why I was like, you know, maybe. Even more reason for you to go ahead and say, I'm going to stick with this and, and change the system from within. How I'm going to get inside the system and I'm going to change it from within. That should have been your mindset. I like how you did the, the little Obama point with the with the thumb and your index finger. I mean, Victoria, that's that's yeah, we learned that in political science. <laughs> I could change it from within. What does it ever work? So you can almost done with your degree though. Mm-hmm. And I'll be happy. Yeah, well, we'll see if I even walk. I kinda just want them to mail it to me. <laughs> Again, the words every father wants to hear. <laughs> Look, I'm it, the way they it's a kind of interesting point they put in there. It's like, I owe $16,000 to the government for school and stuff, right? So I pay all this money, take all these classes, spend all this time. And then they're like, oh, great. Congratulations. You got all the credits you need. Now come on and buy your cap and gown so you can walk. I'm like, why? Just mail it to me. But it's well, a great honor. You owe it to us to walk and to see I us. I mean, I want to see your mama crying and a whole nine. We'll do, we might just do a virtual one. Cause you, you number two, the first one I crapped out. <laughs> so I'm rolling dice on you and Joseph. Yeah, you, so. get, you ain't got the high end right now. <laughs> Michael Jordan was disappointed in you. Michael, Michael Jordan will stay away from this table. Corn was my, corn was my Detroit Pistons. <laughs> Just couldn't quite get over that hump. We'll see. I'll try to break through. I'll try to break through. Nah, shout out to my man Corn. He's doing big things. So, it, what, speaking of though, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't have my degree yet. But I'm close, but. I don't need a degree to know to not go to a public park. Okay. Cause I got some strong feelings about this. Um, just for some context, um, earlier last week, last week, some women in, uh, I think he, uh, Idaho, uh, <laughs> there's a video going around of one of them getting arrested, uh, because they wouldn't leave a park. So, you know, they try to do like the whole, you know, like white people like, yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, here's just listen, just listen. That's what got me. That's what that's what got me right there. See, this okay. So before you do it, Dad, I'm gonna tell you this from my perspective. It's white people have everything, including the audacity. Like, it's just so funny to me. One simple rule. Like Idaho town. It's like, hey, guys, to help protect your children. with stuff going around. We're going to close parks. Can you guys are more susceptible? Makes sense. You guys can play literally anywhere else. Just not in this park. And what's the one thing they do? 
go over there, tear down that caution tape, ignore the signs, start playing the part. Then when a cop, probably one of the nicest cops I've ever seen, like if this is a black person, I would expect some. I would expect some. <laughs> exactly. I would expect some of that, right? But nice cops, like, hey guys, you know, I know I should be citing you for national distancing this and that, but I'm not because I mean I'm not gonna pay you a thousand. You're not gonna pay a thousand dollars. I'm just asking you to leave. She's like, what? And that motherfucker turns into Rosa Parks because she thinks she's not leaving a park. But see, first of all, <clears throat> white women are the most bravest. They're the bravest souls on earth. Very. And the podcast is called the Somewhat Privileged Podcast. This, my people, is total, 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 total privilege <laughs> of I'm white and I don't understand why I can't play in this public park that's, that's roped off, taped off, and there's an oxygen, a pandemic going on right now in America. It's, it's like, <laughs> it's the whole thing where they use that word, they use that sentence. I pay, I pay your tax, I pay your salary. I'm like, yes, you pay my salary to protect people. But you I'm know what gets me the cra- the craziest thing about this is, is I love how white people, and this is, I'm not, I, I'm not racist, but I, this is some, some white people. I love how they can say Colin Kaepernick is horrible for standing up. And kneeling during the national anthem, which is totally legal, totally legal for you to do because he believes in something. But white people will break the law (laughs) and be mad that you're actually enforcing it because they don't believe it should be a law today. Now, I bet you here's the other thing. Here's the flip side of this. I bet you if they said, hey, we don't want no niggas at this park today (laughs) and a nigga showed up. They would say, hey, listen, I'm not racist, but you guys are not supposed to be in this park yeah. today. I'm not racist, <laughs> but you niggas need to leave. It's, <laughs> it's the law. It's the law. It's the law that you can't be at this park today. And there's that fucking that <laughs> Oakland woman with the, on the phone. Just And I won't even say like, I won't even say like niggas can't be at the park. If if a white person had reserved that park, like for a barbecue or a picnic, as they call them, a picnic or like a, you know, a family gathering and they reserved the park that day and some black people showed up. They would say, we reserve the park today. You can't be here. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. it's it's we have the papers. It's the law. And all we ask you to do is follow the law, Mr. Black man and leave. uh, That's the whole thing, too. It's it's just like that's a beautiful thing about this pandemic is this like as a person who loves watching people, I'm a people people watcher. The privilege is just it's just oozing. Oozing out, it's oozing. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, mm, love to see it because it's just like they, it's just like I don't privilege. I don't have any white privilege. That's, but that's like going that. on right now, though. They, they are losing their mind with privilege, 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 privilege. Like, what do you mean I got to stay in my house because it's a pandemic? If I want to die and expose my children to a virus, that is my own being. And the funniest part too, that lady though who got arrested. Apparently, she started an anti-vax Facebook page. <laughs> For Idaho. So if anything, this whole law was to protect her children more than anybody. And she's like, arrest me. Because and there's another double standard too, because the thing going on in Michigan, because the governor of Michigan extended the shelter in place, motherfuckers are going to the Capitol building with weapons and guns and George Washington masks. 
thing like you impeding our freedom. And like, you know, I just see pictures of cops just standing there with the mask, you know, three cops. And I'm thinking like, man, in Ferguson, a group of black teenagers was protesting the death of somebody and niggas rolled out tanks. And we didn't have no guns. We didn't have no, we had, we had rocks. We had posters. <laughs> we had rocks. Posters. <laughs> and, and signs. I, I wanted to read y'all the quote from uh, the lady's name is Sarah Brady from Idaho, the one that Brady. They listen, the, of course, of course. the one they listened to. The quote says, "Quote: I feel like I was singled out because I was the only person that was arrested." Brady would later later tell uh, KBOI of Idaho, "I wasn't the only person standing on the bark. I definitely wasn't playing on the playground equipment. I wasn't swinging. Never touched them. But yeah, I do feel like I was singled out, and maybe it was because I asked too many questions." Like she's thinking, like I'm hard pressing. You were singled out and you're arrested because you said arrest me. She might as well have said, I felt black. This I is just black. This is just the <laughs> Dave Chappelle joke where it says like when they found out uh the Rodney King thing. It's, you see you read this, you read this, Karen? The police have been beating up niggas like hotcakes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like And that's the thing about this. You know what? On the flip side of this, is how nice were these cops to these white women? Because you know, I'm knowing exactly. damn well if that had been me, it wouldn't even we, First of all, he'd call backup. <laughs> That's the first thing. First rule, of, first rule. Every, every, uh, every, every, every black, every black, uh, every black rule is you know if you see two cop cars, you know you're going to jail. Exactly. 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 That's exactly what happened. Two, they go to police. Cops. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's go. Let's. He'd have called for backup. He'd have had. He'd have had his supervisor out there already. He'd Look, have, I'm telling you. I mean. Exactly. They would have had the guns drawn or the tasers. Made. I don't even know. They don't use tasers on us. Look, yeah, but look, <laughs> as a young black man, you know, the only cops I trust is the one that gave birth to me. <laughs> so, so first of all, so first of all, like think of it, the thing, the, just the tone of that policeman's tone was just like, hey, guys, <laughs> he even said, I'm a level with you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they said, he literally said, y'all can play on the parking lot. You just can't be. You can play in that grass lot next to us. That's fine. You just can't play on this metal, literally a thing where germs strive. Like here's a bunch of metal things a bunch of kids touch. <laughs> so. But the thing, I think the article said they had police tape up around the park. Yes, yeah, the police say the park has been clearly marked with caution tape and signs of its closure. And they still were like, this does not apply to me. I want you to know the, the park down the street from our house right now has the caution tape all around like everything. So like <laughs> that's literally the same thing as that's going over there right and, now. And that's, and, my whole, and that's my whole point. Like if you, in that video too, there's a longer version. They've talked about like, we just want our kids to have somewhere to play. I'm like niggas, ain't you got front yards? Yeah, exactly. How about just letting them play in front of the park? Of the how, park? About, how about the walk to the park and the walk back home is, is enough? <laughs> there's literally, he literally, you can use the grass lot next to you. <laughs> You can play there. There ain't nothing you can touch. You touch on the grass. It's fine. The main thing we're not going to use this is because a bunch of people can touch this. That's why we're not doing this. It's, it's, the it's just, man, I hope she gets five to 20. She ain't. She, she, she's about to, she's probably going to be on Fox News tomorrow night. She hit that lawsuit too. Yeah, a lawsuit. Just use the city of one. But the thing about this is, is like, it, it's, 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 it's rampant right now because the pandemic is going on and the hardest part for me during the quarantine is just saying, all right, like, when am I going to go to the store? Like, how do I go to the store when I know there's going to be the fewest amount of people there? And literally, no matter what time you go, it's always crowded. Because now it's like, mm-hmm. when did the grocery store become such a <laughs> such a, 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 a community-centered <laughs> yeah. destination? Because everybody's there. Exactly. So, I mean, I think to even limit that, it's like, Keeping in mind that like 
I mean, the only places I go are to your house, my house, and the grocery store besides work. You know what I mean? So I, I try to limit. I used to go to let me go to the movies today in the mall here. Yeah. So now I'm limiting it to a few places. And once again, I only go to the grocery store you know, once it, once every two weeks when I get paid and stuff like that. But it's just some people just can't handle it. It's like I, just, I get my hair cut. You know, ah! no, it's not that. I don't think it's not that people can't handle it. It's that people don't like to be told what to do. And, and Americans are the worst at it. We're the worst when it comes to these are the rules. You can't you can't break these rules. So let's let's find every way that we can either bend them or find loopholes in these rules so we can go ahead and make that apply. to. Not, not, it doesn't have to apply to us. I, I want to do what y'all will with this information, because I found the article that they released four hours ago about this whole. And they're talking about how Sarah, Sarah Brady um, apologized. So it says Sarah Brady said she was on edge with the quote unquote constant stress of being stuck at home and trying to take care of her cooped up children. <laughs> and this is a quote from her directly. However, this is not an excuse for my behavior and my part in what happened. She said Friday, reading her from a prepared statement, according to Boise television station. I never got thought. I never thought a knee jerk comment would made you to made you out of frustration would create such a divide. And you know what? I bet you she's one of those parents that does not put up with her kids, teachers yelling, talking out of term, saying something, Wait, having a knee jerk reaction to yeah. her kids. Yeah. And because they deal with them every single day for seven, eight hours a day, five oh, like, days a week. Even think about this though. Think about how fed up she was. She was so fed up with her being kept up with her kids that she's willing to risk their lives. <laughs> To get them out of <laughs> See, my thing, I mean, she said she's 40. She got charged with a misdemeanor trespassing on a closed playground. My th- my main takeaway from this whole thing is how do you, what's the constant stress of being stuck at home? I think that's the place you like. With children? Unwind. With children? I get, like, I guess, would you be less stressed if you're at work is my thing? Well, see, that's the thing, though. And I think I've, I think I've preached this to you guys, especially since you guys have been adults. And this is probably one of those dad moments. But your surroundings, your home is what you make it. Uh-huh. And when your surroundings at home are neat and organized and and it's it's relaxing and you have a place of solace, then you don't mind being there because you can find things that will entertain you because your surroundings are there. But if your surroundings at home are chaotic and junky and messy and nasty and dirty and filled with just mess. It's going to cause havoc to your, well, to your head. I, I, hey, I get that. But I guess the counter to that would be Joe, Joe here. And mom, how, how stressed out mom's been, <laughs> mom's been with him being here. <laughs> like she's been keeping everything clean. And I'm not saying Joseph's a, a mess, but you know, one small thing got a place and mom thinking like, I'm gonna kick you out. <laughs> well, no, that's because me, me and your mother are empty nesters now. So having someone, it, it, not even just because it's Joe, it's having someone in your home or in your space and you're not used to it anymore. It's an adjustment. So the first That's week, true. two weeks he was here, oh, it was fun. We were happy to have my son home and, you know, he's home from college and we can talk and we can have stories. He can tell stories about his college life. And then week three and four, when he don't pick up his bowl and he leaving his oh. drawers in the, in the bathroom, we're like, hold on. It's time for this motherfucker go. He got to go, you know. <laughs> or you hear the refrigerator open up at 10 o'clock at night. Or he eats the last piece of chicken. <laughs> or he eats all your flautas. <laughs> this man spent one night with me and ate all my flautas. I bought the same day. See, but that my thing is, is like, first of all, you deserve that shit because <laughs> you, know, you motherfuckers don't understand that y'all grew up with me and I literally had to hide shit from y'all. But that's different. 
No, it's not. It is. Since we own Joe, I don't want to call him out, but we won't go ahead and call him out. So uh, my my mom, uh, my other mom, my stepmom, Sedonia, she made some great, great homemade strawberry jelly. She makes it every Christmas. She sends me a jar of it. She sends it to my family. But the homemade strawberry jelly is for special occasions when you make the good biscuits. Special bread. Special bread. So... Your brother decides to eat my jelly with just regular peanut butter jelly sandwiches when we have the regular smoker shit in the goddamn refrigerator. I'm can't, like, just can't beat the homemade that day. <laughs> okay, to, to, to be fair, a, a, after AJ and Corn could side with me on this, when it comes to to having parents who are in the 40s and 50s and they, they got, uh, they're blessed to be able to buy stuff from Costco in bulk, I feel like y'all buy a whole bunch of things. I feel like yeah. y'all just let sit there and y'all probably forget it's there. That's the thing. And you, it's a, when I open something, it's the, fir- it's the first time it being opened in a while, long like, time. It's a, kind of a silent agreement between us three that like you and mom, there's like a time limit. So it's like, if this shit hasn't been open in three weeks, then yeah. it's free game. Because clearly you forgot about it. It's the same thing with me. I mean, AJ, we do clothes. Like if, if AJ buys a new shirt, I'm not going to wear his shirt until after I've seen him wear it already. It's yeah, the but, same thing. But if I see a, the shirt I want for Joseph, it's in the back of his closet. I haven't seen him wear for a few weeks. All right, I'm going I'm to... Well, I want it. you to keep that same mentality to them goddamn flautas that Joseph ate. Like, he obviously <laughs> that's realized, didn't realize them flautas had been eaten. So they he should have been at 12 hours. <laughs> that's different than three Okay, weeks. but if my defense for that one, you knew I was coming. Like, you knew I was coming to stay. Like, I come back from college and stay AJ and Corns for a little bit. Y'all didn't buy no extra food. I it's, had nothing to eat. Y'all knew I was going to be home all day. It's the principle. I said, you can have some. You can you can eat some, but don't go overboard. I literally said, don't go overboard. And he, what did he do? He went overboard. Well, I'll tell you what, when I realized my, my oldest son was was a man, uh, shout out to Corn, Corn Row. He will have his own podcast. I also talk about some MMA stuff. But uh, I realized he was a man when he got his first apartment. And I, I went over to visit and he was sitting, he was watching television. And I get up and I go into his kitchen. I turn the light on. I grab some some juice and I come back to sit down. And he, he before I sit down, he says, hey, 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 dad, you want to hit that light? <laughs> and the pure frustration, but pure joy. I never had those two feelings kind of mix mix up to one another before. But it was a pure like his man. He's finally a man. But I was so mad because he had spent 19, 20 years in my house, <laughs> leaving every goddamn light on in the house. <laughs> it's called. It's but now we in his three hundred square foot one bedroom. <laughs> it's efficiency. It's, it's called. It's called growth. Okay. It's it's better. It's, at least you know that we're not we're, we're extension anymore. But. Anyway, that's the what's the day. hardest part for you since you've been in quarantine? Um, honestly, it's been pretty. It's been, honestly, the hardest part has been going to work. I ain't gonna lie. I've been because because you know when I get home from work, I play Xbox with my friends, and then I always talk about like I didn't do anything today. I'm like yeah, that does sound nice. <laughs> it's not really doing anything. I mean, I know I'll get bored of it real quick, but I also do like I mean, shit. I gotta wake up at go to, stay to work. You know what I mean? Get home at eleven p.m. Mm. Must be nice. That in the grocery stores. May I tell you one time? I was at the grocery store. I was at Walmart, and I was gonna pick up some. Uh, I was gonna pick up some frozen stuff, like some uh, like uh, Bertoli stuff. So like you basically just put in the pan, and, like cook bachelor shit. Yeah, go ahead, just yeah. bachelor shit. Bachelor <laughs> shit. Yeah. So I was gonna go over there, make it hack, and make it seem like it's a gourmet meal. My coworkers don't know the difference. Um, but <clears throat> so I was in the freezer section. Little lady in front of me, I was like, you know, I was gonna open the thing first and grab it. But I was like, yeah, I'll let her go first. You know, let like, be gentlemen. They just put out a fresh little box out. Man, tell me why this lady grabbed every single one of them 
and left one. The box had to have like eight bags. And she grabbed seven of them. And I was, I was even more mad because it was my favorite flavor. And then only that. So she grabbed all of them. I was like, I said, like, oh, go ahead. She said, all right, thank you. And just puts it all in her cart. And then when I go to check out, I'm right behind her. I'm just looking at her. I'm like, I don't know. So I get you have kids, but. I bet you she didn't get you no eye contact. But she didn't None. She, <laughs> she knew I was looking at it too. Because, you know, I did that thing where you just like, you stand at it, look at it. With your arms folded. Yeah, your arms folded. <laughs> you thinking about it. It's like, do I really want this one? But like, really, you're just looking around, like, make sure no one's, you know, he's trying to wait anywhere. So I was about to open. I saw her. I was like, oh, man, go ahead. Took seven of them. That's been the hardest part about quarantine. These greedy ass motherfuckers. <laughs> Joe. All right. So me personally, since like, it's just honestly just school. And like, it's not even Zoom class. We had to meet at the same time. It's not, it's not school. Actually, the part is the sleep schedule part is because like, I can get up anytime and do my homework at any time. I don't have to go to. I personally don't have to go to work. Like, it's on my privilege, I guess. But <laughs> I don't have to go to work. Wait, why don't you have to go to work? Is your job, are you working from home? Did your job lay you off? Or did yeah, because you- I'm technically working from home because it's a, it's, I'm a full-time student. So that's a job in itself. And then also, like, <laughs> okay. so I work for- is you don't have a job. <laughs> no. No, okay. I, 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 work for, I work for the athletic program at the school. So we, I, my job at the school is usually just to uh, film the sporting events, film practices, and make the highlight tapes and stuff like that. But, like, clearly- a coronavirus and so nothing's like nothing yeah. for me to do here mm-hmm. so uh i guess the sleep schedule part is the main part and so like i can i can stay up at like t- i'll be up at 2 a.m and be like why like i should go to sleep right now but like honestly i don't have a reason to go to sleep right now because i have no reason to get up in the morning so like i feel like a person that like doesn't really have to have a set schedule for no because i have no reason to have a set schedule because i can do my work at any time everything i need to be able to do is online accessible so i can do that any time of the day so i shouldn't have i don't have a set schedule is probably the hardest part well, I work from home, so it's been it, I, it keeps my days busy. Um, I think the hardest part for me has been um, really just ensuring that I, I want to I kind of exercise and stay in shape. Um, and I'm not like I'm not, you know, built like Tyrese and nothing like that, or, you know, The Rock, but um <laughs> It's just, you know, just staying exercise. I have lost some pounds, though. Um, shout out to Notre Track, Roll Machine. But, uh, yeah, the hardest part really has just been finding something to watch on television. And, you know, I read a lot. I read a lot more. I read, like, maybe, like, nine books. Uh, I read at night before I go to bed, and I read it when I get up in the morning. But um, See, but on top of that, it's just uh, the exercise that you do, you, that you are able to get in during the quarantine, uh, it doesn't account for the... Like you, you do a specific workout and you lose a certain amount of or, uh, calories during the during the workout. But when, when you're not in uh, quarantine, you lose the amount of calories by walking to your car, walking doing exactly. this. So you have to account for stuff like that too. So you yeah. have to do extra workout just to accommodate for the stuff that you yeah. usually do on a daily basis. Well, the good thing is, is I have a, a massive house, and <laughs> for I'm, no reason, slight flex. <laughs> I'm kind of dope, so <laughs> I'm you know my shit's kind of laid out. I have an acre, so I kind of walk walk the, I walk the yard. Take the dogs out. Take the, take the, the Malpoos out. Yeah, you're still, you're still claiming me on your taxes. <laughs> Walk the area. <laughs> get those Trump bucks. <laughs> yeah, you still claiming me for getting my Trump bucks. But oh yeah, I, I got to hook you up with those Trump bucks. Yeah, year, yeah. You didn't work last year. I do it. Okay. You, didn't, you didn't work a lot. Okay, I'm sorry. Which, <laughs> been, which has been perfect. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so it, it's 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 been pretty cool. Anyway. Um, quarantine kind of sucks. I am kind of ready to get back to work um, and just 
interact with people again, but I don't want people breathing on me. I don't want people coughing on me. So I think, I think when we, when this quarantine is over with, I think the way we live is going to be totally different because now we're going to start doing shit that we should have been doing for the last 20 years, which is like washing your hands and getting out of people's personal space. White people. <laughs> so speaking of, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Joe. No, I, I was going to bring up the next subject. If you, if you want to go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of, you know, being around people, I've questioned that. Would you ever, would you ever, let's say today, you had everything you had, mom had something else. You had everything you had today mm-hmm. before you met mom. Mm-hmm. You meet her and you're going to marry her. Would you have her sign her peanut? What does she have <laughs> first? Let's just say she has. Does she have more than me? Let's just as same. much as me or less than me? Just the same. Let's say just below. Not as much. Kind of living like like how y'all were a few years ago in the open, nice apartment downtown, but. You know, one car, two cars. She's doing well for herself. Let's just say that. And keep, well. keep keep in mind, you also have the retirement plan as income. As yeah. Well. Oof. So just, Oof. just yeah. So just, just she's do she's were, she's you, doing well for herself. Work, worked a long time for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's doing very well for herself. <laughs> um, see, that's tough. I mean, because it's your mom, but if any other f- woman, it, it would be tough for me not to at least bring the subject up. So I probably would probably say, Hey, listen, now I love you. And I think we're going to be together forever, but just in case I need to protect my future, we don't make it. No, I wouldn't. I, I probably would be too chicken shit to tell her that, but I probably would say, Hey, I, I, I got to make sure my kids and my, my grandkids are set. <laughs> so <laughs> if something happens now, nah, I, I probably would tell her like, nah, I, I wouldn't be too chicken shit. I would tell her, ass like, listen, uh, I've taken a long time to acquire the shit I've acquired and I don't want some ill fate and judgment or some, some, you know, dumb decision to ruin all of this. So would you be willing to sign a prenup? So you'd be Steven Jackson. See different, uh, definitely because Steven Jackson was an NBA player and you marry somebody who's not, <laughs> and I don't give a damn unless she's a neurosurgeon. <laughs> making making seven figures a year consistently or owns her own practice I really would recommend any professional athlete you know you about to marry an Instagram model mm-hmm. to, to, to do a prenup yeah then that's the headline for this article NBA star Steven Jackson says he left fiance at altar over prenup and I'm going to quote under it after a wedding officiant says the Lord will work it out without the contract. Baller responded, God telling you and me two different things. <laughs> Dad, I wanted you to give the, uh, I remember you, you read the whole thing. You read a whole story about it, but I couldn't find that exact article. But uh, I wanted you to, I guess, give the whole background and the context with it too. So yeah, I don't, I don't have the article in front of me, but basically, so <laughs> again, I read a lot since I've been on quarantine. So I find different things. Like I get Time Magazine, I get all these magazines in the mail. So I, I thumb through them. But anyway, I was on the internet and I, I stumped through this found this article about Steven Jackson and his prenup story. And basically, um, the gist of it is that um now ladies, before you guys go crazy, Steven Jackson's the NBA player. Um at the time he was making, I'm assuming he's probably making eight to t- eight to twelve million dollars a year. Um, you know, he was he was and he was marrying uh, a young lady he had been known for a couple years. And he had a, he had already had a baby by the lady, so he you know he was already 
that was, that was the mother of his child. And he asked her to marry him. So she said yes. And months, not weeks, four to five months prior to the wedding, he says, hey, I have this prenup. You know, I need you to sign before we get married. And she was totally on board, totally on board with signing the prenup, saying, okay, no problem. I'll get it taken care of. He, he gave her a copy of it. He wanted her to go ahead and take it to her lawyer, have her lawyer review it, and so forth and so on. Anyway, uh, leading up to the wedding, he, he asked her, he, you know, reminded her, hey, don't forget that prenup. Hey, don't forget that prenup. So fast forward to uh, a couple of weeks before the wedding, um, she decides that she wants to have her own pastor who she doesn't even know is actually recommended by her friend, you know, do the wedding. And he, you know, even though he had a childhood pastor that he wanted, he said, you know, what, this is her day. I'm going to give her the wedding of her dreams. He spent $400,000 plus on his wedding. Mm. So, uh, he reminded her before they, cause they were traveling to Houston to have the wedding, which is where he's from. I think they were living in Indiana at the time. And he, t- he reminded her before they, they, they took off of Houston. Hey, don't forget. I need that prenup sign prior to the wedding. So the day of the wedding comes and Stephen Jackson's getting dressed and he says, Hey, he reminds her, one of her, you know, her relatives. He says, Hey, don't forget, uh, she needs to sign that prenup before I walk down the aisle. And her pastor that she had chosen comes in and tells Stephen Jackson that that piece of paper shouldn't be the reason why they don't get married. And, the Lord will get him through this. <laughs> and Stephen Jackson gave him a comment. That's when he kind of gave that, that, gave that, that response, you know, the Lord telling you, telling you and I totally different. <laughs> anyway, uh, she, he said he wasn't getting married. I'm not, I'm not walking down now. And that's when she went crazy, not crazy, crazy, but she started crying. She got hysterical. So she walks into this room and she says, fine, I'll sign it. She's crying. She's upset. She says, fine, I'll sign it right now. And he says, no, 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 no. You can't sign it now because now you're upset, you're crying, and now you're doing it under duress. And that could be grounds for dismissal. Yeah, termination of the contract, basically, yeah. (laughs) So besides Stephen Jackson being a good, awesome 3 and D guy. (laughs) He's a great fellow. He's an awesome paralegal. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the law. He knows the law. Hey, look, if you caught the mouse of the palace, all right, you you get you know your two things, okay? You punch in the fan. I would have never thought of that. I never would have thought that that at all. So <laughs> anyway, he uh ended up he ended up not marrying her that day. He ended up walking out on the wedding. Uh he still had the whole, you know, post wedding celebration and uh reception thing and him and his boys went out and had a good time. He said he ended up smashing one of her friends that was in the wedding that night too. So <laughs> Stephen Jackson. So Stephen Jackson is probably my hero uh, when it comes to athletes protecting their money and, and not falling for the okie doke. I think honestly, the assist should go to him for realizing no, 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 too late. You're under duress now. Like that's some real, like I mean, his lawyer was there. Just like, that's some, <laughs> that, well. You know what? If my lawyer was there and he hadn't told me that, I probably would have fired my lawyer right then. Like, you know yeah. what? Why didn't you think of this shit, motherfucker? I know. <laughs> Get I your ass out of here. I mean, but, yeah, it's. I would have done the same thing. But speaking of prenups, NFL draft just passed. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna speak on that because uh, in that IG live, uh, I, I'll try to find the video later for sure. Well, I'll try to find the video as you guys talk about it. But and then he's in that same video, the uh, Instagram live. He's talking about because of the NFL draft. Why is it always a black player with a white girlfriend? 
I mean, let's be honest though, too. Like, that's the first of all, that's how they get. It. That's how been trapping the black man. I'm just kidding. You could you could be the Russell Wilson kind of route where it's like I'm from a white town or Saquon Barkley. Like, man, I'm from New Jersey, and I I was so good at my sport. I went to a prep school, so. I mean, there ain't no black women here at this well, prep school. You know, you know what? That's gonna that's actually gonna be, and I know I'm gonna make a lot of my female listeners mad, but this is this is this is my my reasoning behind this. See, we know what though the draft; these deals will come out of college, so it's it's tough for me to have my argument that I would usually have because I used to have an argument on why athletes marry white women. They're like the same age as me. I I, I mean, I think if anything, it's just more tactical by the white woman. I mean, it's just like is it tactical? Like, let's be honest, man. Think about the 23 year old, 22 year old on the same age as me. I can't right? I'm 22 years old. And I can't imagine getting married, even if I was coming to the week. And there's something about them. These kids coming in. It's like, I got to get married. Like, I like this girl. I'm dating her all the college. I'm gonna well, marry yeah, her. He's like, asking, yeah. though, about girlfriends, though. Like, why is it on the draft? All them had white girls. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's either white girlfriends or uh, it's mostly white girlfriends. No one really comes in the league. Or married. baby mamas. Yeah. yeah, they come in the league either with their girlfriend pregnant or they just have a girlfriend that's white. So either way, I mean, it could be to the fact that they play at these schools are predominantly white. You know what I mean? I'm see, like you never see like Florida you know, State, Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, a white, well, white woman. James got himself a black woman. You know what I mean? No, I mean, I mean, the predominantly white colleges are probably going to be more white women there. But do you think that the white women throw themselves at black athletes oh, more than oh, more than sisters do? Definitely. Like, I, I don't I, think so. I think like you know, just, I think it is too. I could just be. This could just be a, a huge reach for me too. I bet. A lot because a lot of these players too are raised probably mainly the main figurehead with their with their mom. So they're familiar with black women. They trust black women a lot. But it could just be a whole thing where it's just like it's something different. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I met a black woman my whole life, and it's like the only real black woman I trust is like not me personally, but like maybe that they're thinking the only black woman I trust is my mama. So it's like oh shit, Karen's see, coming at me. You see, I think I think I think it comes from a point of this is me from a personal perspective when I think of like the college I go to and I, I examine the athletes that I examine because I work with them pretty much every day. Like what like one of the number one things athletes love is like attention and praise. And if you go to a basketball game, there might be like, like there's always going to be a, a, like the white fans there at a predominantly white school cheering the, uh, the best players names and like praising the best players and stuff like that. And they're going to follow that after the game, try to talk to them after the game and praise them after the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that like translates over to like, hooking up with them and then resulting in a girlfriend like that. When it comes to black women at college, I think, well, at my college for sure, for sure cause it's predominantly white, of course, uh, they're not, they don't have the time or they do. They probably do have the time to praise the athletes. They just don't want to praise the athletes. They're focused more on themselves than they are to praising the athletes. They have like, it's more college aspect of learning is more important to them than going to a game and trying to find yeah, this life. But I'm going to go ahead and be devil's advocate. And like the sisters out there are going to say, when he was in college, high school and college, I was the one braiding his hair, writing his papers, reminding him to get up, go to class, washing his clothes, ironing them. And then as soon as he gets, uh, he's a draft prospect, Becky with the good hair comes in and, and you know, sweeps him off his feet. It's, it's, I think uh, black athletes in college, they, uh, they think of it as like more hating rather than humbling. When like if you have a black girlfriend in, in college and you're doing really successful things in college, the black girlfriend is gonna be like, "Oh my god!" and like praise you. She's gonna like be like, she's not gonna treat you like you're a godlike figure. She's gonna treat you like you're her man. Yeah. The, and let's be honest. So whose problem is that? Is it we, the females or is it athletes? It's it could be both. I mean, it could just be a whole thing of like they might see that black woman kind of looking out for her 
like as a mother thing, it's kind of like, I mean, I came here to get away from my mom or this and that. So like, even like, even you, when, when grandma, grandma comes over and he, she tells you some shit, like you wave it off. I mean, I do the same thing too. Like it happens, but I, I, I guess from my perspective, I can't, I can't stand white women. They're annoying. <laughs> See, but that's well, how you really feel, AJ. <laughs> my I thing is the, uh, like it, to me, it's more on the, it's more, I don't want to put it on the female listeners out there. I'm just saying like, when you, when you know you have a special athlete on the team that everyone wants, and he's clearly going to get more, he's clearly getting more praise from outside females than you. Like, I'm not like, he, knowing that he's a man, knowing that he's an athlete, uh, what do you, like, you're going to expect him to just to rub it off, act like the praise ain't nothing and make sure, like, keep your, his, your word higher than all these other praise words that he's getting well, from other females. See, you know, I think it is too. I could just, I legitimately think it could just be uh, she was surrounded with, you know, the person, Lamar Jackson grew up in South Florida. He ain't had no white girlfriend anytime soon. You know what I mean? Even went to Louisville. I mean, but the amount of kids come, especially more specifically, uh, I guess they mostly come from like the North Northeast. And because of that, what they end up doing is when they, when they have a talent, basketball, football, mm. baseball, they end up going to those prep schools. I, I mean, saw a lot of brothers from Auburn and Ole Miss and Mississippi oh, oh, oh. State on <laughs> drive the other day with some white girls. That's true. Yeah. And I think that I, I, I always placed it that, um, you know, I, I think it's changed. I, I, I can't, judge anyone who they like and who they love because um, who you, you love who you love you and I think I would probably say 20, 20, 25 years ago it was probably more of a status symbol you know to say I got a white woman I got a white girl I think nowadays um, when your generations you guys really have X'd out the color barriers and the, and the, and the, and the, you know, the, the color lines when it comes to that kind of stuff um, and then it's just who you're, who you're surrounding yourself with so I used to say that the reason why I thought black athletes, once they got to the league, hooked up with white women um, was because if you look at their surroundings, that when they are an athlete or professional athlete, you're no longer going to, you know, the club in the hood, you know, and you're no longer going to probably church in the hood no more. Now you are on TV every week. You are interacting with, white reporters you're probably interacting with a white uh public uh publicist or something publicist like you probably are being invited to um you know events that are predominantly white for fundraising purposes or charitable purposes um those are all the reasons why you're you know so your surroundings are going to be a lot more white mm-hmm. for sure and i think uh yeah, I think it can be around. I think it's either if you're surrounded by predominantly white, which I feel like, uh, like Mahomes when he was at Texas Tech was surrounded by mostly white women. So like I'm sure that's well, and in high school too. He he went to yeah he was definitely high school East Texas and then, uh, but if you're either surrounded surrounded by mostly white women, then yeah you're gonna praise you're gonna praise white women or you're gonna mm-hmm. want to get with a white woman I should say not praise, but uh, even when you taught you taught at a, a predominantly black school that fought dad mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sure the the best athletes on that team would have loved to have themselves a white woman then. So like, yeah, I think that's the thing though. I think, see, my, I don't have a problem at all with, you know, dating outside of your race. Not I think the, I issue, no the issue I run into with, with young black men and I, you're right. I did teach and I did, you know, coach younger athletes is that I think they have been brainwashed into what beauty is and beauty is no longer a dark skinned sister with, you know, natural hair big lips, you know, um, beautiful skin. Beauty of them now is, you know, Venezuelan mixed with Cuban 
and mm-hmm. Colombian mixed with Guatemalan. And, you know, so they have this this vision of what beauty is. So is that ingrained in them from, you know, as youth? Or do they and, get to college and say, "Wow, like I've been opened up, I've been been around," you know? And that's and my whole thing with that too. It could, it could just be, I mean, me and Joe, my because we're somewhat privileged, so we we've been around white women and white boys and stuff like that. But it's very possible, man. The guy from Houston, you know, have have seen very little white women's life. Goes to college, University of Houston. Even then, there's a lot of white women there. So even think about the lot of chances. Mostly, people you saw these white women in the draft aren't that they ain't gonna last. You know what I mean? Like a lot. A lot oh. of, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Russell is the biggest example. Yeah, you know, like stag that white girlfriend looked, and then two years later they divorced. You know what I mean? Okay, see, but I think that, that Russell was a great example of this. Uh, my my point, like to counter, because I don't think it's exactly looks as much as it is. I think it used to be for sure. Like looks, like the their beauty standard of, of white women is like a lot higher. Is like is what they want. That's the beauty standard for people for like athletes back then. I think nowadays it comes down to like. Uh, praise because ath- of course athletes love athletes love being like the center of attention and stuff like that and then when you have a, a white Instagram model which is a lot easier to become nowadays or a white a white girl a really really gorgeous white girl or average white girl who has a lot of Instagram clout or is famous or does this or has comes from a really privileged background if you have someone like that that's also praising you like a lot more than uh, anyone else's like you're going to gravitate more towards them so it comes down to I guess clout status or like status Social status, and then if they're attracted to you, and they're praising you over your athletic ability, yeah. and particularly you, they're going to attract, they're going to be attracted to them more. It's like a self-esteem thing, but I mean, honestly, a lot of these white women look, a lot of these white women look very basic. Yeah, and I think I, I, I'll I'll use this example, and I, and I don't want to say who the person is, but I knew a person that was very, uh, very, very athletic in high school, and was the talk of the town, talk of the city, uh, for his athletic abilities. But he was very socially awkward and really didn't know how to talk to pretty much anyone. He was just a socially awkward person. Um, he was at a predominantly, you know, I guess it was a, it was a, it was a suburban school. Um, so there were just as there were probably more white women and more white girls than, than black. Um, but they had their, you know, it was a nice third of, of black women that attended the school that he went to. And the standard or the black girls that he ran across all the time, they, you know, they, they didn't like the fact that he, you know, he, he wasn't outspoken, that he wasn't loud. He wasn't braggadocious. He was awkward, socially awkward. So he, he never got that. They never got to know him um, besides his social awkwardness. Yeah. And see, I feel like that comes to a point of uh, like, I feel like when you're with, probably just black women or like any probably person of color I bet they they really would have the habit of humbling you because reminding you of like this is your status like you're not the best thing I've ever seen you're definitely you're not, exactly. shit, nigga. You're not, you're not <laughs> shit they're gonna have that you're not shit nigga type mentality so like I think and athletes don't like don't that. get it twisted <laughs> for sure athletes are the type they're gonna be like hey no I'm, I'm the best like they want to know that I'm the best they want to tell them that I'm the best and then it's, it's definitely gonna be the first person to tell them that is gonna be a, a, a pretty good looking white girl to be like oh you're the best thing ever no 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 praise they're gonna love that praise over humility any day and so they're gonna leave the black yeah. woman or gonna leave the person of color over so on but I also question it though Joe is and, and I'm kind of transitioning to our next topic though was I look at like uh, C.D. Lamb had the issue on draft day with the phone but it comes out that she dated Trey Young, another athlete in Oklahoma too. In Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I think was is like so. 
you know, I, I, I hate to put a woman's past, you know, in the present, but you have to start thinking to yourself, like, does she seek out ballers or guys that may make it to the league? I mean, or she, did she naturally she, find herself saying, you see what she looks I was like so in love with Trey Young yeah. and we broke up. Oh, by the way, then I met CD and he was everything I ever wanted as a man. Do you, do you <laughs> see what she looks like by that? She, I, uh, she was tight. I yeah, mean, she, 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 she was, and she was black too. She so was probably bad. at a few athlete parties, you know, looking <laughs> yeah. for that. Kyle didn't work out. How do you, if you're an athlete, how do you, athlete at Oklahoma for sure, how do you not make the connection of she pulled this NBA star? And then I'm the next NFL star in this league. How do you not make the connection? Like maybe the reason I'm attracted to her is the same reason he's attracted to her. It's probably because she's praising me. She's doing this. She's doing this. And she's also really attractive. Like, I don't get how you didn't make that connection. The first hey, look, CeeDee she, Lamb kind of made me laugh on that one. She, she, she was on a mission. She, she, yeah, she told she her daddy, I'm going to University of Oklahoma. <laughs> and she was on a mission. I, I respect it. And I, I respect the, uh, the, um, the keeping her in check, the the whole phone thing. When she grabbed the, she grabbed the phone after he got drafted to like, let me see what's going on over you here. Know what, and he snatched that hoe with the fast hands. Thing, here's my thing though too. I bet it was like they, a lot of people. I think overblew it, but it was funny. But what if it, what if it's just like that? That's the phone that the GM called him on. So when she took it, he's like, oh, I, I'm not, the coach is gonna call me in a second. So I want to. But I think I think that was the opposite. I think he was on the phone with the GM because he's getting drafted at the time. So he's on the phone. They're telling him, hey, we're drafting you. So Jerry Jones is on the phone. Hey, buddy, listen here. We're going to go ahead and draft you. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and you're going to be our number one draft pick. You know, fuck Des Bryant. This is, this is you. This is, you going to be the man. And he's on the phone with Jerry, Jerry Jones. But I tell you what, his hands was fast enough. And he, he, he had enough That's awareness true. to say, you ain't looking at my private phone. That's yeah, true. They, they, time, they time that. They time that on the uh for the NFL drama, you know how fast those hands were. <laughs> I know. You see, you see him run that. Th- you see him run that uh, gauntlet. I don't know if you want to take his phone away. But what, what's some other uh, draft moments that made y'all laugh just like that? There was one. Um, I forgot which prospect it was, but there was one where uh, a kid got drafted. It was like a second round. I was watching the second round draft, and it was like the second round, and like a kid got drafted, and it was funny because you see him on the phone. You know, you know his parents pat him in the back, and you look over to his side, you see his brother just knocked out. <laughs> And see his mom just like hitting his brother. It's like, bro, wake your ass up. Wake up. You got drafted. <laughs> See on national TV. <laughs> and that's the funny part, too, because like he, the, the brother just shook him off. Like, you should go out in the first round. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to be here next year. Yeah, I know. It's like late. It's like, la- it was like late second round. So like, Dude, finally, shit. <laughs> Basically. Well, I saw one that uh, <laughs> my man gets drafted or he gets the phone call, and, you know, they all get the. The teary eyes, put the hand they put the hand they face, they the face palm, and the uh, the white girlfriend jumps on top of him, grabs him, hugs him. She is, so she's on camera just as much as he's on camera. She, she's covering him up. Yeah, she? she's covering him up. And the black mom, you know, grabs her by the arm and tries to politely lift her up and say, you know, give him his moment. And the white girl kind of gave a little resistance. <laughs> So the black mama had to get a little Django on her. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was and yanked her ass up. Had to get on, <laughs> you know, like get one. get the fuck off the screen, bitch. There this was, is this is his moment. And there's another thing saying? too. That's the one thing I love about. Honestly, I think they should they should start doing this more often. But I do love the like obviously just black family just breaking the distance, social distancing rules. I said like motherfuckers have ten people in the room, but I'm like, that shit was funny. and on top of that, they tried to hide them like in the right, so like you got out the camera angles. Like, all right, we only got like four people here, but we see the whole family see like, the in whole the corner. family in the back. <laughs> well, that shit was so funny because Joe Burrow it was like him, his mom, and his dad. 
two. Curtain. His mom, his dad, and his sister. His dad, his sister, and his brother. <laughs> that's it. And, but then, like, cut to like, you cut to like. They uh, get to chase young. It's like it's like nineteen niggas in the back, <laughs> holding up signs, <laughs> red cups, and my fucking. <laughs> There's strawberry one. sodas and shit. There's some everywhere. Place, some people getting drafted clearly at like some event <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> running out of place. Uh it was so funny. But I, I, I put it. I sent a tweet out, and I think I got it from uh, I don't know. I, I think I got it from uh, JJ Watt or something. But he was right. I was like, do you know how hard my mom would have made us clean that house up if she knew cameras would be on there and we live on national television? Exactly. Yeah, you the one about to get drafted, <laughs> and you doing, you doing, you dusting. I'm vacuuming. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, no, but my favorite part though, honestly, I was thinking about like because they sent them little kits where all the cameras stuff like this. Just imagine how how long it took some of those families to hook it up. Like you know, you know for a fact that it's like you probably like the prospect like, hey, I'm just coming back. You know, I'm coming back home. You know, I was here for a workout, whatever it is. I'm coming back home, whatever. It's just wait to hook up. And if, uh, somebody's dad was like, I'm like oh, man, shit, I could do it. <laughs> that, that's what Burrow was saying. Burrow was saying they they send them a phone. That's the phone they're gonna call them on. So like NFL sends them a phone, or yeah. iPhone, and they gotta send it back. And that's the phone they're gonna call them on. Well, that's that. You're right because I can just imagine like getting that box in the mail and hook this up to your television, and then you're like, well, wait a minute, I don't have no HDMI. What is the HDMI? What is HDMI, boy? <laughs> what is this? I gotta connect. I, just tell them to Facetime me. Get, I'll get on Skype. No, you can't Skype Matt Rule. <laughs> Did you think it was telling like the, the players he saw got drafted and there was one, there's some that are just athletic clothing, some that are dressed in suits and then there's some that are dressed in like full down Gucci outfits and the whole family is dressed out. Honestly, I just thought, I think the funniest thing too would have been like, like, uh, I thought it would have been hilarious if you like cut to a person's family room or whatever and you see a prospect like on the phone, but you see like a controller on his lap. <laughs> I think it was clearly playing Madden before he break out this call. So it's like, you see, you see it's like, I was thinking it would be funny. You cut to him, you see him like put the controller down and see like his dad pop the, pick up the remote and change the <laughs> change the uh, channel to, to ESPN. Well, nah, that that's the uh, the outfits was funny. Um, <laughs> that is funny. Oh, wait, wait, wait though. What's your favorite? What was your favorite? Um, my, the setups for the, you know, GMs and coaches, stuff like that was hilarious. I mean, Jerry with his on a yacht, just flexing the, like a bitch that didn't have had one TV in there. Didn't have any of the phones. Or <laughs> but my thing was, uh, it was funny. Cause like some coaches had like, you know, three computers, a tablet, a phone and like on TV, two TVs. You cut to like Bill Belichick. They were drafting like he's in a fancy, look like me on fancy <laughs> drafting. They got his, they got one computer, one computer and one tablet next to him. Well, it did make me wonder like who, who's actually drafting. Like, are they just kind of like running the picks by bill? Because I'm sure you have a board, but I definitely want to go back to what you were saying, Joseph, about one with the outfits. Um, I mean, since it was virtual, I probably wouldn't have gotten no suit, but I damn sure wouldn't have been in no damn robe. <laughs> well, actually, it was an Old Spice robe. Oh, so is he? Yeah, is he, 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 sponsor? For the, he ended up being sponsored for that one. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the Old Spice. I didn't see it, but it turns out when you they replayed it and you can see the little um, uh, red lettering. On Old Spice, I'm like, well, I didn't see Joe Burrow with no damn twenty piece to be Buffalo fairly. hot Buffalo Wild Wings boxes <laughs> in, on his table. I, I, think mean, that round, I think that first overall pick check is good enough. I don't think he's yeah. Gonna be I, 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 for it, it, clearly, Joe Burrow was like his parents told him to draft by the start. That he put he paused his game. Hey guys, we we'll back. And they did like that too. It looked, yeah. like, looked like they just came from Walmart, and it was yeah. just like, you know what? Hey, we made it back just in time. Turn TV on. Give me forty five minutes, <laughs> and like you know, guys, all right, guys, I'm like, I'm back. <laughs> but you talked about Jerry Jones 
did you see that picture where Jerry Jones was talking on the phone to CD Lamb? I think his wife was holding the phone up to his ear. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. are you that rich? Shit. That's the that most <laughs> ballers. No, the, not only is he drafting from a, a yacht, yacht, a, a 20 50 million dollar yacht, which makes you like wonder that. what kind of Wi-Fi that nigga have. <laughs> First of all, his his wife was also like if that was his wife, his wife was a lot younger than him. So, yes. but I, I didn't see as much of a baller move. I thought it was just him. Like this nigga's just really old, so we need to hold the phone for him. Like grandpa, all right, he's <laughs> hold the phone for grandpa. I thought it was like that, but he had both his hands free. Like he couldn't hold the goddamn phone. He was expressing with his hands. He's like, I'm glad to have you here. You know, but Happy yeah, the brother. outfits were were wild. Um, I, I I tripped off, and again, it's this is again, this is what this podcast is about. So I'm assuming jury. The thick, the thick link or the thick, um, like herringbone type chains are out now. Yeah, uh, choker style, pretty much. Like they're really close to your neck; they're not hanging. Hey, man, you gotta spend that college check somehow. University of Michigan cutting that checks. So you gotta spend it somehow, right? That the first endorsement check, right after you get that agent, then you need to spend it on something. Exactly. Yeah, I, I personally would spend it on jewelry. You know, niggas from South, they they need that. Blend. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah. Keep in mind, Dad, too. A lot of these niggas coming from Dallas, Houston, South Florida, Man, Joe Burrow, New Orleans, Orleans. Trailer Park. I ain't seen him with no. Nitro ain't got no goddamn Trailer Park. You know, damn well, I think it goes. It was growing in a beautiful, a beautiful town. You know, you know, ESPN blatantly uh, told him like, he's like, where do you grow up? He's like, I grew up in actually a good part of Athens. Like, but where you where were you born? I was for the first two weeks I was born in Trailer Park. Yeah. So they're like, all right, let's run with, it. let's run with. It. My let's grandma with it. lived in Trailer Park East, that, number that's seven. My, that's my favorite part about it too. It's kind of like seeing that fucking uh, ESPN was pushing that thing where it's like, oh, Ohio State boys first three picks. I'm like, you cannot claim Ohio State cannot claim Joe Burrow. Just because he went there doesn't mean he's. That's like saying Brett. That's like saying Falcons. Brett Favre's retired. Falcons are retired. Brett Favre's number. Well, you don't matter because you know what? I'm I'm biased with that too. Because if if a nigga just say he like he passed through Compton to go to go to school, I'm like, hey, he's not even Compton, right? <laughs> yeah, he he went here. I know. I know. So, yeah, it was like Russell Wilson. Well, Russell <laughs> Wilson. game ain't right there on uh, Jack Rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> like Russell Wilson picking James Harden. Like they from Compton. It's the same. James Harden from LA. I'm like, yeah, he's kind of from Compton though. Say they from Kawhi. Kawhi from uh, Long Beach, ain't he? <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, he, from, he they from all from LA area. And I'm like, yeah, they they grew up. They grew up in, in, in the CPT. They so you, you, you claim no matter you claim no matter what. I think uh, colleges are probably the worst with that, but. And that's the thing about the draft too. It was a great time. I thought it was. I thought it was honestly. I thought it was done very well. Even the, it was just funny to me seeing Roger Goodell like halfway through the first round just sitting down. Like, Shit, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it take this much, but it, it was a good. It, I thought it was, it was done very well. well. I liked it a lot up until some of these bios they were giving oh some of these players. Lord have mercy. I'm gonna tell you the one worst one I saw. It was a kid. Look, give, give the whole bio like as you were if they were reading it on ESPN. Like, like it was, it was a like they would give like stats and then kind of go through their personal. So it basically like the rundown would be like hometown, his hobbies, and like you know what he accomplished in high school, whatever <laughs> it was, and then like something he overcame, something he overcame. So right, so I was like, and, and in retrospect, that sounds like okay, you know, you, hey, I tore my ACL this or yeah. I did this, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but some of these were just so unnecessary. There was one kid, um, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a receiver for Wisconsin. He got drafted. And they're telling him like, oh, you know, first thing they do was uh, August 2018 uh, suspend, expelled from school and act, activities for alleged uh, sexual assault allegations. <laughs> then it says a year later, August, whatever, 2019, reinstated because after acquitted for the uh, sexual assault, <laughs> after found not guilty. I'm like, then why are you posting it? <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? <laughs> but then he found I'm not guilty, so he didn't do it. So why are you posting it? 
Then it'll be someone like, there'll be someone like, oh, he stole a nigga's computer. <laughs> like, what? But then later they find out it wasn't him. I wasn't okay, him. Yeah. What's, what's the point? Hey, hey. It'd be like the sad ones. I know the I, I know the players kind of like gave an okay for most of it. Some would be so sad. It'd be like happiest woman in my life. You remind me that my mom. Then they they had one where they said that dude said he overcame his mom having a twenty year crack addiction. I was like, what the fuck does I gotta do with this dude going to the fucking NFL? Yeah, yeah I, I got I got this one right here. So funny. Like I'm like you. What? <laughs> he said twice. I don't know why he ended it twice. Like that was the most fucked up part. It's what that you just say that like, he always he, he was suspected of stealing his uh, girlfriend's purse and then cut it after that. He said twice. He had to make sure he didn't. He did it two times. Yeah, I, you, yeah, I think it's funny because they said a couple issues you had to deal with. Like it's something he had. To, oh, he said he had to overcome this little problem. He had to overcome. But do you think? I mean, because you know the players had to sign off for all this stuff, right? Yeah. So you think they were coming in there and say, okay, you know, you know, so how was your 40 time? Okay, and tell us how, you know, tell us where you're from. Hey, okay, you know what? Hey, just just for uh, introspective, uh, tell us something you had to overcome. Probably with the white, with his mom in the room. <laughs> He's like, um, my mom uh, had a crack addiction for like 20 years. That's what I'm saying. Like, imagine, imagine. And then that, the producer probably looking at him like, uh, okay, we were <laughs> thinking maybe, you know. Got cut from the freshman varsity team, but crack ain't going to go with that. We'll go and, with that one. Fine. I, That's good. We'll go with it. Roll with it. I Thanks bet, a lot. I bet his mom was in the room when they showed this too. <laughs> Boy, get on tearing my business like that. Because it's the, it's the most fucked up shit. Like for T. Higgins, for example. That's the one you're talking about, T. Higgins. They had like his hometown. He was from Tennessee. You know, he was an all-state, you know, Mr. Football and Basketball for Tennessee. He had offers from all these places. His sisters were playing basketball at Tennessee. His mom was also a crackhead. I'm like, yo. She probably, you know, a crackhead get defensive too. I was a functioning crackhead. I kept a job and everything. I, I kept never, y'all fed. <laughs> I kept y'all fed. I had clothes on your back. <laughs> and I only did cocaine. I didn't do crack. <laughs> I got together. I'm like, I'm, that's a success. I didn't know it just half the times. Like, because it, 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 it would be like that. Because even if somebody asked me, like, like, would you, or you, for example, you type up and like, ask you, like, well, you need some perseverance that you did like you wouldn't know like i can really get real personal about mm-hmm. you know my mom and daddy did or like i could say like some shit like oh, I, my, I knew drug dealers you know what i'm saying like <laughs> my dad was a drug dealer i could say something like that or i could just be like oh you know i came from a rough neighborhood you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> See, that's but, exactly i would say like like deandre hopkins like you know his mom like it wasn't bad enough that his mom was blind it was like his mom was blind from an incident and she had with her boyfriend who threw bleach in her face <laughs> like god damn <laughs> <laughs> I need the details. Shit, just tell me she, oh, she's blind. Oh, that's sad. Good for her. Get the blind. That's all you have to say. But like, it's, it's like the the more you read, the, the more your face changes. It's like mom's blind. Oh, because a boyfriend do get beat this face. <laughs> I hope she's. I hope she, I hope she left him. Shit. Yeah, I feel like sometimes the, the location should be enough. Like back in the day, like if you just say I'm from Compton, but oh, that's rough right there. But now they need more than that. You're from Compton. Okay, and what else? Like. like and that's it. I, I, or your I major. I, I get the whole point of something you persevere, but I, it had to be for every person. It could just be something just like, tell me my accolades. I got to offer a basketball scholarship from here. And I was Mr. Football. You know nah, they, they, and then if you have a good major, they'll they'll they hype that major up too. And and he also majored in criminal justice. If it's anything besides uh, kinesiology, they're like, oh, anything besides yeah, one. anything besides business major. It's like he was an aerospace engineer, so you know he's smart. Like. Yeah. Well, I'm like, he probably passed like a 3.6. You know what I mean? Like 3. Like not quite great. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, ESPN was wild on those fun facts. I think that was kind of one of the craziest. I think it was just, 
I think my man on um, the Five Star Podcast said it best. He was just like, "You, you're being introduced to the world, which you're, you know, being chosen your lifelong dream." And they bring up your mom was a crackhead. Yeah, years. no, it's shit that, that has nothing to do with you. That's nothing to do with you. And that's what I so, remember. You. Hey, that's the guy who he oh he gets caught touchdown pass like. He has a guy who had a crackhead mom. <laughs> like, here's his mom. Like, here's my mama. It's like, weren't you a crackhead? You know, <laughs> like, it was ruining everything. So, speaking of the draft, Joe, uh, how'd the Saints do in the draft? Uh, see, okay, like, I feel, we're, I feel we're pretty set already. So, I wasn't, like, tripping. Like, we're pretty set. We got a, off-season, we got a receiver in the offseason. So, I spent, oh, we need another receiver to compliment Michael mm. Thomas. That's, like, the main thing. And I guess maybe some offensive line to help Breeze because he's getting the older years. We don't want him to get hit at all. So like we got an offensive lineman. I was chill with that. I don't know any of our linebackers' names. We got another yeah. linebacker. Uh, our D line's pretty set. We could have got another one just to make it more ferocious. Uh, I, I can't name our tight end. So and we got a tight end. And then I guess like we were kind of we lost Teddy. And so we guess we got to get another nigga to fill that spot. Well, like, you guys actually be good. today you actually signed James Winston. So you got your replacement. Oh yeah, yeah. We we we, we, we got James. Yeah, James maybe we legs. we need the uh, division in division insight. It's not crab. We beat the Buccaneers every year because we, we got the division insight with. Yeah, it's not James. crab legs anymore. It's Mr. Crawfish now. Okay, it's, you know you're stealing some crawfish today. <laughs> well, I'm not a Saints hater because I have a lot of my family members are Saints fans, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping James comes in and wins eleven in a row. You know what's going to happen? I bet it's going to happen. I bet it's gonna happen. He might do that, and the playoffs come around. Drew Brees isn't ready yet. <laughs> Drew Brees isn't ready yet. Players come around, playing Minnesota Vikings again, and then Jameis becomes Jameis. I hope. Honestly, I hope. I'm not. I'm not a Saints fan either. A Saints hater either. But I think it would be funny if Jameis throws 40 40 this time. No, 40 for 40. I don't, 40 I don't, touchdowns. I think he, on our offense, if he gets to like 15, then we we we, we, we cutting him. Well. I think uh, I don't know, that might be the best thing for him. I think um, Sean Payton is probably the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, they talk about these quarterback gurus. He, he's a great guy. Yeah, he made, quarterback. I mean, he made, he made Teddy Bridgewater look really, really. He actually got Teddy Bridgewater that time. Yeah, he, he, he made he made niggas think Taysom Hill could be a starting quarterback. Yeah, so and we still, they still got niggas thinking that. Like I, I'm a logical Saints fan for the most part, I should say. But like be, having Taysom Hill as our backup wasn't make wasn't sitting right with me. So we we drafted a quarterback sixth round seventh round, and we had. And we had Jameis. we just got Jameis now, and then now we had Taysom. So like now it's kind of like humble and Taysom. Like hey hey Taysom, like we like you. We're gonna keep yeah. hyping you up. So if you want to get free agent, we're gonna hype you up enough to be a quarterback. Uh, but like we like you. We got these other niggas. Yeah, yeah. Jameis is on the market. We'll take Jameis over. Yeah, <laughs> take Jameis over. AJ, how the Colts do? Colts did fantastic. I think God. so. I'm a, I'm are you saying a, that because you're a fan? Or are you really saying well, that no, because I'm serious? They because got, they feel some needs. Joseph doesn't like how like like cool I am about my team. Like I'm not exactly. Patient. I don't like how yeah. patient you are. Yeah, I'm patient with my team, considering we're rebuilding. Are you? We, we, we're at the end of a rebuild. I should. I think they've been rebuilding for since uh, 2007. So they've been rebuilding since 2017. But um, <laughs> the we got the we, we we traded our so basically our best picks or top picks were um we traded our first round pick for Divorce Buckner, who's an All Pro. So I'm like, yeah, are you? With that pick, you expect number 13, whatever you we won all pro. So I'm like, all right, you we got a first one. round pick. I thought you didn't have a round pick in the first round. Well, no, no, we traded our first round pick okay. for Forrest okay. Buckner. So we got all pro from and then our two second rounders were Michael Pittman Jr., wide receiver, USC, and my favorite running back, Jonathan Taylor. USC, baby. Jonathan Taylor is gonna be a, a beast. I think so. Uh, I think he's all worn out. I didn't know, I didn't I didn't realize until Friday that he had that many carries in college. I mean, I don't I think that's such a overblown 
But you know what? I've, I've noticed that with a lot of with a lot of Wisconsin running backs. Ron Dane was the same way. I remember Ron Dane, and he True. was the same exact way. But you you might you might think that, but you think how good the offensive line is going to Indy. So okay, I don't know. I think I, and plus I trust, and we got Jacob Eason quarterback. So if Philip Rivers don't work out, which I don't think he will, um, where's yeah. my man at? You think that's much of an improvement, Eason? No, what? I mean. Whether, whether I have a a twenty three year old Jacob Eason or a thirty eight year old Philip Rivers, wait, where's where's Jacoby at? Jacoby, he's there. So y'all brought in a quarterback. Like Jacoby got to compete for his job. They brought two. They brought two white quarterbacks. Two, and two white quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I like dude, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Secure position that's in the NFL. That's what I've been saying, man. I'm like Jacoby didn't do bad until he got hurt. He got hurt. He was playing hurt. I was like, he did really well at the beginning of the season. And the first thing that they do get hurt, just like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm like. That's what I'm like, bro. Just trade the man. Like I know some team. I know the Patriots would take him back in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, I mean, yeah. y'all also signed him to a big contract before this year. So it was like, big, yeah. We we basically gave him like a we trust you contract, and then yeah, I mean, it's more of a contract than the Patriots would give him. Yeah, it just turns into a thing where it's like I'm I'm, I'm patient with my team, but I think this is this is our year. Did y'all feel y'all needs though? I I think so. Yeah, I mean worst worst case scenario for all this, I still think we can win the division. But worst case scenario for all this is like oh we're quarterback away. I'm like all right, shit, yeah. better than two defense linemen, two receivers away. You know what I mean, so and Philip ain't. I mean Philip ain't bad. It's depending on how oh, you play this year. He's 39 but. years old. <laughs> so I mean, it's we gonna be to hold him up. I think so. I mean, I think we're gonna run the ball a shit ton with him and Marlon Mack. I think we're gonna run the ball a lot. Uh-huh. And then, and then if they do pass the ball, it'd be like, all right, shit, you're throwing it deep to T. Y. Hilton, um, a slant route to Michael Pittman, or a dump off to Naheem Hines. But what about the Raiders? <sighs> I don't really want. I really want to talk about this because. Here's the thing that I don't understand. First of all, we're in Las Vegas now, so I got to get used to saying the Las Vegas Raiders. But like we we addressed all of our needs, or not the majority of our needs were addressed. The problem is we didn't address them with the right people. Like we didn't get the best two wide receivers in the draft. We went with with, we've got the fastest guy in the draft, and Al Davis would be proud. We we (laughs) we, yeah we need some help. Well, of course that's like Al Davis move, and maybe they're going. Because Kansas City is so fast and so quick, they're trying to like you know match that speed and that talent. I don't know, but you're just Patrick Mahomes away. <laughs> God, but I was like, yeah, I don't care how fast he is. He gonna be he gonna be angry as shit when fucking he run a sixty yard post and David Carr throw a check down. And, and in my head, like y- y'all got rid of <laughs> y'all got rid of uh, Amari Cooper, and so I guess like y'all dropped a quarter, uh, running uh, receiver this year, and I guess this is technically your say this is his replacement would be Henry Ruggs. I feel like that's not the type of player that just a fast slot receiver is no. the type of player you would, you want to replace him. Uh. We really needed help on the defensive side of the ball. I don't understand. Like we, like we, we lost that guy that went to Chicago that played okay. You mean defensive player of the year, second highest player in the league? Did, was he defensive player of the year? Defensive player of this the year. year. I think and sack leader twice. Stop! Don't disrespect this. Cleo Mack. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> we lost. Well, just y'all, y'all didn't want to pay him. <laughs> well, we couldn't pay him. We couldn't afford it. Yeah, but um, my, I would, I would have loved to see them go grab a defensive end because that's what we needed with some pressure in the quarterback. We didn't have that. We need some help in the back end with cornerbacks and some safeties. We did get some cornerbacks. We did get some safeties. Um, we got another running back, which I like, and we got some more of our receivers. So I'm happy with, like I said, us addressing some of the needs. And I'm going to trust Chucky because I was surprised last year that we did as well as we did last year. We kind of fizzled out at the end of the year. 
but his I see what his plan is and I'm just I'm gonna trust I'm gonna trust the process. So I'm well, a, I'm a 76er fan or something. Now. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully for you know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers shit goes bad. You can trade for him. But I do like first of all that I was this is oh, that all bad. I know this is um they have the list of the Raider draft picks. I I do love how Lynn Bowden from Kentucky still has the athlete position. He's not a running back. Or, yeah, yeah, they just put him at like all right. At, he's athlete. He's a taste him. He's yeah. a taste him. Like I was like oh, okay. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, I, I wanted to address before we get into the uh, y'all's division winner predictions. The uh, on the outline, I, I, the the division uh, that's like an old ass division list. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm pretty sure y'all remember y'all's division. I'm I, I'm gonna pull it up again for you guys. But uh, the on the outline, the division list leaders, uh, division teams on there are all, all wrong. So ignore that one. Okay. Okay. But keeping, uh, we can do before we jump into the division and stuff. Who do you think? Um, you might not know a lot of the quarterbacks in the draft, but Obviously, we have a bet going on that we give against Tua and Burrow. We have them, who's going to be better. I, me and Dad think Tua just thinks Burrow. We're giving them what three years, three or four years. Okay. First of all, I want to address that me and Dad had this whole argument between Joe uh, Burrow and Tua, and AJ was on the side of I don't know what matters the team he lands on. So AJ is now making the decision of Tua. Now he's on the Dolphins. I want that to be addressed first. Okay. Well, <laughs> how I know that too is because I, I do remember me being the only Tua person that yeah. Room. There, there was a report come out that. Dolphins were able to get a doctor to it, and they felt very confident. Yeah. Dolphins had an awesome draft too. Yeah, I like yeah the I, 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 I'm confident in them, especially if they got the black quarterback, the black head coach, and the black GM. I'm really, yeah, I'm really, I'm really cheering for that. That's the main reason why I'm going for Tua, to be honest. See, but <laughs> that, you now going for Tua because you now he's on the Dolphins. If I if I had yeah. a choice to decide afterwards, I still like, would I, change. I, I, I guarantee you, a Tua can be great, but if he was on the Lions, I don't know damn well he probably wouldn't be doing that well. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's my whole point. Like he could end up in the Lions. I'm like, all right, he's not gonna be doing that well. So, I mean, he's on a team, at least I know, who finished real strong at the end of the year. And it has so much draft capital they can, and spent so much money on defense and offensive linemen that can protect them. See, I, I, I still would have liked his chances on the Lions anyway, because on the Lions, he's like, I just want him to have a chance for for a best case scenario, for him to have a chance to rest for one year and then go. And I feel like if he's on the Lions, he could rest it for one year, just like he's on the Dolphins. He probably has a chance to rest for one year. He will. So, yeah. He'll rest for a year. They should. They, if they, they were should. smart, they would sit him and then let him. Because I think that, and then he's playing behind a really good, I mean, a really good quality quarterback. Right, for sure. and it's not that they're expecting to win. Yeah. So Fitz, Fitz will go. He gonna be professional and show him how to show him the ropes. And I'm sure he knows what the role. They they probably told Fitz, "Hey, listen, your job is to mentor this dude and make Tua, you know, into a professional quarterback." So, but my thing is, I wouldn't also, I also wouldn't be surprised. If that's their plan going in, like, oh, we're going to arrest you, but two are just wow. Like, for the, let's say they have training camp for a month. I wouldn't care if the, I was them. That, I would be, like I said, I wouldn't either, but I wouldn't be surprised if we just wow, mm-hmm. like, do some Russell Wilson shit. Like, yeah, we have some high expectations for you, then wows you. It's like, they start having like 4,000 people at the stadium. Like, well, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, sell some preseason, all it takes is a, a good, some few good preseason games and a good camp and be like, you know, maybe two is right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See, and then uh, I wanted to address the other one, the other black quarterbacks, or oh, the other quarterbacks in general, as well as who goes uh, Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Hurts. Um, what was the other one? We got Fromm in there. Easy. And then I guess I, I had six on there. I'm trying to think of the other one. Oh, Love, of course. Love. Oh, uh, love I, yeah. I didn't count Easton at all. So. Um, I think Herbert's going to be another Josh Allen. Um, mm. Not great, not terrible, but like if the team does well, it's not because of him. Yeah, the defense is awesome mm-hmm. in San Diego, and he got a good running back. So, mm-hmm. see, but I think that that puts him in a worse position because at least with Josh Allen, if he did ba- he did bad like his first like two years, he does bad. 
like the team wasn't really expected to do much before that. But like now the Chargers always they go to the playoffs much every year. They go like either win a game to playoff every year. And now with he's on more of a he has more pressure on him than than Josh Allen did. Like first five I, w- years. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Justin Herbert's first playoff game ends up just like what Josh Allen's first playoff game was. Where it's just kind of like, but hey, do you think he's gonna get there as fast? Um, I, I probably pro- probably not because of the division he's in. Yeah, but like I'm still think even you know it's two years from now or four years from now I still think it's gonna end up the same way. He's gonna end up playing like motherfucking just some young quarterback. You know what I'm saying? There's, who has that it factor? And all of a sudden, hell, he might even end up playing fucking Deshaun Watson again. Then it's like his team needs him to pull through, but he just can't do it. But Deshaun Watson's the one showing you, like, oh, shit, I got this. But I, I don't think they'll give him, a, like, as much of a They gave Josh Allen a lot of chances, but I don't think they give him as much of a chance because they have playoff expectations already because they're already a playoff team. So they're not going to give him as much of chances as they gave Josh Allen. I guess it would be hard to tell your owner and your fans in your new stadium, hey, we think we can make the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor, not our fifth-round pick and our first-round pick. You know what I mean, I think that's a. I think the issue I look at it from a standpoint of, um, I think the AFC and one is first of all it's the the tougher conference, and then everybody is is to me has got it's going to get better. The Ravens, gonna, the Ravens, gonna, the Ravens will get better. Um, the Steelers will probably be better. The Raiders will be better. And I'm not mm. saying I'm not saying just because, no, I'm serious. I think they'll be better than they were last year. And I'm not saying just because I'm a Raiders fan. The teacher are definitely going to be good. Um, you know, you you got the Colts will probably be better. Um, yeah. so it's going to be you still tough. Have, and you still have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Broncos. If we play, mm. if we play. Okay. So we're, 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 don't, I don't want to be the negativity in there with <laughs> <laughs> Corona. <laughs> See, I, I just think the AFC has the really top heavy as in like the best play, the best teams in every division is so much farther ahead than the second best teams on mm-hmm. division. It's hard to count out the division with the best quarterback in the NFL. So. And then the playoffs change every year. Every year is brand mm-hmm. new teams that we never, yeah. like look at Tennessee last year. Nobody expected them to be where they were last year and they, they made true. it so well do you know everyone knows why they made it though because they had that sorry conference so oh that's a sorry division so <laughs> I, mean, I, I agree with you our conference is terrible yeah but like the the but the the Houston will be worse they'll be bad they'll be worse than they were like hell year. yeah they're gonna be worse I just can't <laughs> wait I can't wait for the Deshaun Watson Bill O'Brien like they're gonna have to choose between Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien's a GM so it's gonna be if Deshaun and all broke up because there are reports coming out. They're working on a. They're talking about a contract extension already now. And I'm like, get your we'll money, Deshaun. But good that's, luck. That's because they're trying to lock him up because they know he's trying to leave because mm-hmm. of what they did. Mm-hmm. So who do you have? Uh, pick a division winner, AJ, real quick. Um, for the AFC East, I got. I got the Bills winning this year. Bills. Um, AFC North. I have Ravens again. I mean, I doubt. Maybe I think the. Dark horse is Cleveland. I think they're just gonna be running the ball down everybody's throats. This is my personal opinion. Um, I honestly think so because that I like the running backs. Uh, AFC South, um, I have Colts. Colts gonna be number one with the like the Colts would be one, and I wouldn't be surprised if like Deshaun Watson wills the Texans to the number two. And AFC West, I got Kansas City again with honestly a dark horse second place, Denver Broncos. That's yeah. a good one. I, I like that dark first too. If Drew Locke can at least be decent, he has he has no reason to not at least be winning a few games. Um, and the NFC, the NFC East, I got it's always Cowboys versus Eagles, but I got Cowboys. Uh, they, I think they have more confident coaching. AFC, NFC North. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Oh, this one's tough. I might go Vikings because like Green Bay shouldn't have won that division. 
Because like when they're playing in division to points, they're like barely won or didn't win at all. So I think the Vikings can win out just because I like Devin Cook mostly. Um, NFC South, I got the Saints. And NFC West, I got I got the 49ers. See, the NFC West was was tough for me because okay, that's why when Dad said the AFC was a better conference, I was like shaky about it because NFC West and the NFC, the NFC West is like a good quality teams throughout the whole all four of them besides like the Rams, but they just made it to the Super Bowl, so you can't count them out too much. Shout out to Mark, yeah, Rams man, of course. And then uh, the NFC West, that's what I'm saying. Like when you say the AFC, they they're they're probably the better conference with the best like top tier teams, but NFC, all every team in the divisions in the divisions are like good quality teams throughout. So like that's the hard part. Well, think about the top three picks. <laughs> Two of them were from the NFC. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Like, even the one, two, three, and four. Yeah, four the Giants. Okay, but the the, the Lions are only there because uh, their their favorite quarterback is was down for like half the year. And then... Uh, yeah, that's true. Like, they, they, they were, like, that conference was still, like, a, the Green Bay and Vikings are both yeah, quality teams. Green Bay really won because of just, like, like good luck. Yeah. Also, I think because like, I think the Vikings should have won the division, and the Bears are more Mitch Trubisky away from even competing. And yeah, you're right. The Lions lost. See, but, but the two, the, to me, the two toughest divisions in the league are NFC South and NFC West. Those are two toughest divisions. So I that's true. Like, like NFC, the NFC overall is just a better conference. But if I had to choose my conference, my division winners for each one, it'd be uh, for AFC. It'd be AFC North. Be, uh, I got Baltimore, of course. AFC East, I got Bills because they're on the uprise. Everyone else is kind of on the downrise. Give Dolphins a year, though. They're, they're going to be good probably next year. But uh, AFC South, um, Houston, because Colts always find a way. <laughs> Colts always find a way. Yeah, hurt. Damn. Okay. But it's been, it's been a while for Colts. And then AFC it's been West. Two years, but okay. It's been since 2014. No, it hasn't been. Since we won the division? Yeah, it's been since 2014. We got first place when Andrew Luck was playing. In like 2014? Yeah, I did no, not get No, no. Before we retired. The year you want to look it up? I'm pretty, pretty sure. You want to look it up? I'm looking up. All right, look it up. So AFC West, it'd be uh the Chiefs, of course. NFC North, that was a tough one too. I I, I want to say Green Bay, but Vikings. Uh, no, actually, I, I paid Detroit for that one because I, I like Detroit. Uh, they're kind of like, I don't know. I I, I think they kind of count the coach too early a little bit, so they're going to be good defensively. And everyone else, like Green Bay, doesn't get any receivers. They ain't get any offensive weapons. Uh, Vikings lost offensive weapons, and then Lions are the ones with the defensive head coach. So I like their chances. And then um. The I got the Giants for NFC East, which is kind of surprising. But uh, Daniel Jones has been the offense for a little bit. Saquon's coming back fully healthy. They got an offense lineman in the first round. I like their chances. Uh, I'm a Saints fan, so of course, NFC South is going to be Saints. Uh, I think my sleeper teams, the uh, Panthers, they got everything kind of in order. They got some good coaches coming in, so I think they're my sleeper team, my dark horse team. And then NFC West, I got uh, Seahawks because Russell Wilson. Russell Russell Wilson. All right. Wait, um, uh, do you look up those uh, last time you won division real quick? Yeah, I did. You're second place. So you're right. <laughs> oh, thank you. So it was what, since when? Uh, 2014. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Wow. I don't understand your hate for the Colts. I just, like, the only reason you hate us is because I'm patient with them. I don't understand. Yeah, I haven't won since the Super Bowl since 2007. So and then you've yeah. been so patient. But like, here's my point. I was talking about this too. You keep drilling me about how we don't win, don't win. We make the playoffs, but every 
fucking year for the past six years y'all been getting blown out by the damn Minnesota Vikings I don't okay. understand but well, well, Kirk Cousins has been out playing Drew Brees for three years and then this is and all of a sudden it's Colts fault for not making it we, we, we don't have a ne- goddamn never been blown quarterback out. we've never been blown out in the playoffs we've never been blown out in the playoffs if you, uh, anytime we lose the playoffs we lose mm, within six you, you guys been Super Bowl favorites for the past two years and you guys keep getting uh, knocked out by the fucking you gotta throw in there they, they got cheated a little, a little for the past like three times we've, we've had at least two, two at least two times we've got cheated and even then, even then, we come out the division every time, a good division every year. So we come out the best team, the a good division Just every year. Just a few questionable calls. I actually get accolades. <sighs> get accolades, yeah, sure. How far does that go? Missed calls, better rare. Farther than y'all. Just a few, few missed calls. Yeah, we lost the division around last year, but it's fine. The year before last, but it's fine. Okay. We went on. You guys did get, like, let go of Mark Ingram. Um, <laughs> you got to do that. Uh, first off, I think... Um, I like Baltimore um, in their division. I don't think anybody uh, Pittsburgh is going to come on strong again. I, I just don't. I never. I can't never count Pittsburgh out. But I like Baltimore to win the division. Uh, I think Lamar is going to put it all together this year, and I think he's going to be. Uh, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it right now. But who the Ravens? The Ravens. The Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Mm, bold. But uh, I'm going to I'm going to give them their division. Um, uh, as much as I hate to say it, the Chiefs are going to win their division. Um, and that's the division that we're in, but the Raiders are in, but they win the division. As far as uh, your boys, the Saints do look good, so I, I have to, even though they got you know TBs over there, um, I, I, I gotta give it to the Saints again. You guys are favorites again. You guys, are, you know what? He's right though. You guys are favorites like every damn year. Okay, see, the thing is, if you're a fav- if you're a favorite every year at the beginning of the year, and you come out the division, you you come out the division really good on top, and you come come into the playoffs really hot. I like that a lot better than go- being not being favorites at all every year and still being disappointing every year. So, I, like, like I'm not saying we're like we're the best team. I don't like, say I'm disappointing considering when after Angela kept getting hurt. You know what I mean? I, if anything, the season when Frank Frank Reich's first season there, we exceeded expectations because like, Andrew looks back. We don't know how good this team really is, and motherfuckers went. Came went ten and six, you know what I mean, and lost the the team who eventually made it to the Super Bowl. How about or almost made being the Super favorite Bowl? and just performing to expectations at least? Okay, but the thing is, none of our teams have done that. So, like, none of our teams have done that. So I think I have the most bragging rights because at least my team wins the division. So that's the well, best bragging rights. Re- my team been rebuilding for you know we horrible. So I'm not. <laughs> I haven't predicted us to win Super Bowl at and all. I think you're giving you're not giving my team enough credit considering we're in a brand new regime and starting in 2017. Y'all sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, I got I got the Saints winning their division. Um, I know you picked the uh, Seattle to win that division over there, but I got the Niners actually winning that division. Um, I think they 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 had a pretty good draft too, and they were only um a couple of you know key pieces away from from going to from actually probably competing in that Super Bowl and, and winning it. Um, well, they were up. So yeah. hey, AJ, yeah. you, uh, you pick who do you pick in that NFC South, the NFC West again? You picked the Seahawks? No, I picked the Niners. Oh, you picked the Niners too? Yeah, I picked the Niners. I, I just thought the Seahawks ended hot. Because the, the Seahawks, thing is that no, nothing really changed with the Niners. Yeah. So I, they have I, no reason to not, you know. I feel like the end of, I feel like, uh, I think anything that got better. I feel like the Seahawks ended at a hot streak. So I was like, all right. So they, they, they knew, they knew what they, they're going. They, yeah, they but, started the ball rolling at the end of the year. So I was like, I totally right. get that. And I love Russell Wilson for that. But what do they do to get better? 
I have no idea who they drafted this year, but they drafted I, I a nigga think, from uh, Texas Tech. They drafted like goddamn no, Big Twelve. Honestly, linebacker. I think the Seahawks. Now here's the thing: I think the Lions are going to win the division, but I think the Seahawks are going to go further in the playoffs. Okay, I can see that because okay. to me, Metcalf got rolling at the end of the year, and yeah. then Russell also got rolling at the end of the year. Because my whole thing, they got the flow going. I see, I see you guys' point with the Seahawks, but my whole thing with the Niners is like they were missing a few pieces, like more specifically another receiver. So they got I I they got Ayuk and they mm-hmm. got another uh, defense tackle to replace DeForest Buckner. So it's kind of like the holes they lost in the offseason, they filled up with you know top twenty picks. You know what I mean? But you know what the thing is, they just signed Trent Williams from Washington, and they were already leading the league down there in rushing. Yeah, so exactly. They go run over. They're teams gonna do, they're year. gonna be running over teams with yeah. motherfuckers you never heard of. But I think that's why I think Pete Carroll is the only guy I think that would be able to say, you know, I got their number. We can we can beat them. That's true. Um. I got the Packers winning their division, uh, even though Aaron Rodgers is going to be playing mad as fuck all year. And I think he's a, it's one of those times where he's going to say, all right, I'm about to win despite all the shit that y'all, you know, packing up against me. Because it, it must be a conspiracy to get that dude. Okay, see, I like I would 100% support that because I, I I love, like, I love for him to come back with a rage and then come out and throw t- hella touchdowns and win the MVP and then win the Super Bowl. But then, like, I'm, I'm still going to keep it on him. Like, the dude, like, you you won now because they kind of like demanded it out of you by drafting another quarterback, but the, you didn't really win. I'm not blaming him because it's obviously a team thing. Yeah, it's a team thing. Uh, you didn't win. You didn't win when they like asked you to the past like, like five, seven years. That one, those those few weeks when Devonta Adams was hurt last year, it was just. But see, here's my argument against that, and um, Tom Brady he had some shit all for years, like shitty ass receivers, and. Aaron Rodgers can't say his receivers were better than Tom Brady's receivers. And he probably had a better running game than Tom Brady had. Every, yep, but every I guess, you, you know, I mean, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is a Tom Brady because that's a different transfer. But I still think that, like. Why not? They were mean because they were. Yeah, they mean the same transfer. They're in the same conversation. Two, the yeah, same, okay, 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 same conversation. But I guess it turns into it's kind of like. I guess it's so weird with Aaron Rodgers because the way he throws the ball, because he, he's like probably one of the most talented throwers of football in, in forever. The way he throws the ball, I don't think you can just put any any old Joe Schmo out there and expect a thousand yard season like you can with Tom Brady. See, know? I think he gets the benefit of the doubt because here's the thing: when he makes them shitty receivers like Randall Cobb and 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 those whoever Devontae Adams Lazard, and all them stuff, Donald like, Driver, Donald Driver, when they all Alan look good, it's like oh, it's because Aaron Rodgers makes his receivers better, and now he and he got some shit. Then they like oh, you know, it's because he don't have any receivers, so. You, Pick your poison. Is it, is it because Aaron Rodgers make everybody better, or is it because he had awesome awesome receivers and that's what makes him good? I mean, he won the Super Bowl with Greg Jennings as a leading receiver. Okay, so I mean, my like, thing like, is like you then, hey, go to the NFC Championship game or win a playoff game with them shitty receivers you got now. Yeah, I, I'm not faulting Aaron Rodgers at all. I'm just saying if you want to be in that conversation, if you if you expect to be in the conversation of like Brady's and stuff, then you got to put Brady results. So like. I'm putting him in the conversation with like Breeze for stuff right now, and Brady's on a different level because he does what he has to do every year with shit receivers. Yeah, it's Brady's in that whole, you know, if Brady's in a god tier, yeah. Drew Breeze and Aaron Rodgers right below that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I'm on that train too. Though Rodgers is a stat pattern to me, but anyway, stat pattern. <laughs> he's a stat pattern. I think he's a stat. I think he, man, all them, the audibles that he calls out of he them running plays be third and one, third and one from the goal line. He audible out of a damn run play into a to a pass. That's that's stat pattern. Uh, and he does it a that. lot. I don't know about that. He does it a lot. I'd be uh, throwing Devonta Adams anytime I could too. So, <laughs> um, that sorry NFC East. Um, I'm gonna take the Eagles. I think the Eagles are gonna wake up. Uh, they should have blown that division away last year, and that division was horrible. They got hurt. 
I know, but still, they they that division was terrible. They should have run away with that so division. Bad. So bad. okay, so, so that, <laughs> that's, that's why they still got the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> since that's a, a fan favorite division, I want to talk about uh, what your what your biggest knock on each team in those divisions. Overrate, overrate, overrated, and uh, overrated. Uh, so uh, you you tell me which team I'm talking about. Okay, two so, of the, two of the teams are always overrated. One of the teams has terrible ownership, and one of the teams. Let's see, overrated, overrated. Yeah, two two of them overrated. One of them has terrible ownership, and then one of them is just bad. Okay, so terrible ownership is clearly New York Giants. No, no. terrible ownership is clearly Washington Redskins. Redskins. Okay, so but then I think the Redskins are just always Giants. bad. I think Redskins are just always bad. Then well, I think the Giants are just always bad. See, but Giants always have the talent; they just never perform. So that's why I say that's a front office division. That's but, more of that tells think, me that they're I think, bad. I think they're always bad. Uh, always well, bad. I mean, they got the the best one of the best running backs, and then they got Eli Manning. Take whoever you want to do with that, and they always got like pretty good defense, and they always just underperform. So I guess yeah, I can say that's pretty. Bad. They're always they're always bad. Yeah, you want to talk about Indiana? And then close, Eagles close and close. Cowboys are always overrated. I mean, it's that's the funniest part about Eagles are overrated. Yeah, because I think they put a lot on Carson Wentz. The Cowboys stuff is they they do be gassing them up and they just be disappointing every time. And I just hate how they keep blaming my man Dak Prescott. You know, the black quarterback agenda. Shout out to Coach Green for that one. He always be blaming Dak. It's always Dak's fault. Always Dak's fault for some reason. And it's just, it's like, I just don't get it, man. They had one of the most efficient seasons in his career, but um, I'm not a Cowboys fan, so I don't really care about them. And then I'm going to go with Buffalo to win the other division. So we, we we all agree on uh, Ravens, Buffalo, um, and Chiefs, mm-hmm. and then Saints. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And then we uh yeah that's only all we all yeah that's all gone. I I think the dark horse might be. I really like uh, Cleveland's new coach likes to run the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if that works out. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think it will, but I wouldn't be surprised. So does. pick two each. Each y'all pick two dark horse teams. So AJC, you got Browns and Broncos. I'll do one for AFC, two one for AFC, one or two for AFC, one two for NFC. So in the AFC, the Browns for one, and my other dark horse is the Broncos for the AFC. In the NFC, um, my dark horse is oh fuck, I don't even. My dark horse is probably the the Cardinals and the Panthers. Define dark horse though before we start because I don't want to say Buccaneers and then they were because they they're, they're kind of like favorites so would they be considered dark horse because of last year or like define define what you mean by dark horse um unexpected yeah unexpected didn't see them coming but everyone see everyone sees Saints Tampa Bay uh everyone Green Bay Vikings we kind of know they're fighting for it not even Vikings the Vikings can be oh, yeah the Vikings can be a, a dark horse too because they they just uh, they yeah. lost Stephon Diggs yeah they lost a lot. Of- um, I would probably say my dark horses then would be um, the Bears and the Steelers. I mean Steelers. Why? Uh, AJ explained his stuff. So why, why Bears and why Steelers? Why? Well, I, um, I guess I can Steelers. But why Bears? I think the Bears. Um, I think their defense is just. It's probably gonna be a lot better this year. Um, I think Nick Foles is gonna say, and I think Nick Foles is is good enough to. I think he's. I think he is steady enough. To just do what's asked of him, and I think if the Bears just had a quarterback to just just do what you're told, and we're and we're gonna, we're going to be okay and throw left, <laughs> yes. Um, and then um, the Steelers just because I, I just I, I'm a Mike Tomlin fan, and I never I just never see Mike Tomlin being a guy that's that doesn't get better. 
Yeah. So they're going to get at least nine to 10 wins this year. So they drafted that kid out of Notre Dame, Chase Kalek Pool. And I was like, oh, I see his, I see a few games, watch you um, highlights. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's pretty good. But after he went to the Steelers, I'm like, that guy's going to be fucking. <laughs> yeah. They really develop their players well. Yeah, I think that's really what well. we were talking about that during the draft day, uh, Joseph, about um, NFL teams not, you know, developing players the way that you think they should. Yeah. How long it took for teams to be like hey this guy is really good at one thing in college mm-hmm. so let him, let's teach him our, what we do and it's like <laughs> exactly. oh how about we just teach him how about we just run what he was running in college make a lot better you know yeah. so I think the Steelers do, do a great job at that uh, if I had to choose two I guess I'm, or I would choose one for each division uh, Edges at the Cardinals was a really good one because they got everything kind of going for them in the right direction uh, but I'm gonna stick with the Panthers you know they're in division uh, I'm a big fan of Teddy coming from the Saints uh, rule from Baylor, they surprised everyone, and they got Joe Brady out there from from the Saints, I guess, from LSU. So they got him. So I think everything kind of set up in the right position. They kind of know how to build a team out there. So I like the Panthers, and then uh, I'm gonna go on a limb and say Houston, which I don't know if that's a dark horse because they kind of lost DeAndre. So I think was, you safe. picked them to win. Yeah, I said they're a dark horse team. Who? The Houston. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Man, Look, honestly, I love Deshaun Watson. I love Watson. Deshaun Watson, but I hate they coach. Me too. Yeah. So I hope Deshaun Watson throws for 5,000 yards and they only win five games. But, <laughs> see, my, my thing is, first some, of all, I, I, think, I think he'll still get that He'll still get that blame. I still blame Stafford, even though he did those 5,000 yards. I still blame Stafford. But, like, Race, I think, this is, I think Yaki, <laughs> Yaki uses has a good segue. But uh, I think Houston has not Houston, Yeah, Houston has that thing where Deshaun Watson, that he can – he has his barrier, like he gets the playoffs every year and he gets bounced and it's not his fault really, but he's going to overcome the barrier like the same way Jordan did with the Pistons. He's going to keep hitting that wall, keep hitting that wall. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take over myself. Do me. I'm going to take over and, and take over. He did that I last think. year. And he did do that last year. And then Patrick Mahomes came back from 21. <laughs> yeah. And then now, now he has a reason like, all right, I, I can digress now because I lost DeAndre. So he's going to come out of nowhere. But you know what? No, I'm st- we're still the same fucking I, team. You know what? I'm laughing yeah. niggas thinking like, oh, he lost DeAndre. He's supposed to just be right like we would. Nigga, you just lost a thousand yards and, and 14 touchdowns. Yeah. And see, you got Brandon <laughs> Cooks who's been hurt most of the time. And that, that, that's why I feel like it, that, that's why I feel safe to say, safe enough to say that it's a dark horse team. They're not a favorite at all. Yeah. They're just a dark horse team. Yeah. That's like, all right. They can, they can. Surprise people. Well, speaking of getting through the barrier, we just we just saw the new episode of the uh, the last, last first no yeah, the episode three and four three and four for the last dance. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very informative. Uh, you know, Dad's a little biased when they showed up. The ninety one finals came in, but once again, I, I, I mean, hey, look, look, real quick, Dad. I loved Magic Johnson. I do. He's a great player, one of the greatest of all times. But it's just so funny to me how he's backing down motherfuckers at half court. <laughs> That's just so funny. To me. The nigga had AIDS. <laughs> Nope, and he just didn't know it at the time. But you know he had the shit then, so you know she was slowing him down. Nigga was was probably probably weak and probably was faint and shit. Probably wasn't feeling well. On, I think on I think you know, I, I, shit. I think he was weak and faint because Scotty had him in the dark choke nah, for the motherfucking that, that entire nigga game. Magic probably was trying to back down niggas and like didn't have that strength that he used to have. It was like what the fuck? That's what made that go to that doctor. But let, let's take it by episode though. Episode. Let's start with episode three. What y'all think about the whole uh, Dennis Rodman stuff? That nigga was crazy. <laughs> Uh, two things stuck out now when I wrote them down too. Uh, one was uh, Dennis showing up to motherfucking shoot around in pajamas, and then that nigga coming to with a beer in his hand. By the way, <laughs> that nigga walking up to a professional coach and a professional franchise as a professional athlete saying, "I need a fucking vacation." Okay, first of all, we we gotta kind of rethink the whole professionalism when it comes to Stephen Jackson. So. <laughs> 
I mean, Phil Jackson, excuse Phil me. Jackson. Phil Jackson, tank that one for you. Yeah, he, uh, Phil wasn't, I didn't know Phil showed up that the nigga didn't get the job with the Bulls originally because the nigga showed up with a fucked up ass outfit on. Wait. And, and the nigga did some, did some drugs. Also, yeah, Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all times, if not the, but when they were talking about his story of him in Puerto Rico, coaching in Puerto Rico, I think it just talked about, oh yeah, the, the mayor of the uh, city I played for, uh, coached for, he shot an official. And he wasn't allowed any more home games. The way they just glossed over that. I think it was <laughs> shooting officials in the legs. Well, yeah, the uh, episode, was it three? Um, yeah. Not too much I didn't know about that as far as Dennis Robin goes. Uh, I knew he was aloof. I knew he was like, he had battled a lot of demons. Um, they glossed over that. Or they didn't gloss over it, but they kind of touched on that whole thing about him um, showing up. Um, to the stadium and had the rifle in his hand and the rifle in the car and nobody knew where he was for a whole day or something like that. Like, I remember that when that happened. I remember niggas was like really scared for, for Dennis saying I need to get that boy some help because uh, we thought he was going to kill himself. But um, it was cool. That, that dude was that dude was fire, man. And, and I, I guess it took somebody like Jordan and Pippen to, um, to calm him down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to keep him focused. And as somebody who doesn't really know a lot about it, who didn't live through it, but it was interesting hearing him talk about how he got those, all those rebounds all the time. It's kind of like, oh, you know, I knew that if, you know, Magic shot the ball like this, I have less spin, so it bounced right here. And then, mm-hmm. so you kind of knew. I thought it was interesting too, because which clearly shows you that he's really smart. Like, yeah, he, really, he came off a lot smarter than I thought he was. Come, come out really smart. But also watching some of the uh, highlight film they're having when he was playing against, Jordan was playing against the Pistons. I was like, these things are having fights on the court. And like, they just get a, a, a warning. Like there was one, so it was one like Bill and Beard just straight up pushed somebody. Just straight up like pushed him and was about to throw a punch. And the guy's like, hey, back over there, get back on defense. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was kinda like, yo. That's what I was saying. I I think I mentioned that during the during the documentary. I was saying, like, man, niggas nowadays would have been like, I, I want to get traded because I need three of the all-stars with my on my team for me to beat the Pistons. Cause I know I guess I don't know. Maybe it's just the old man in me, but I just wonder how. See, here's the thing. I think people I think people forget. Uh, everyone says that LeBron probably wouldn't survive in that era, or he would have been like a little bitch in that era. But people forget LeBron is six eight two like yeah. two six. Nigga's a human. <laughs> nigga is a, a, nigga was a tank. Yeah, he was a tank. I, he can <laughs> take it. See, I, but I think there's a difference between because people like a lot of people like to say like if you grab LeBron now and drop him in the era, I think that's different than if he grew up in the era because right now like you see the stuff where he get. Jordan got pushed and pushed and stuff. He he got he looked at the ref like, "Come on, man, really." Mm-hmm. But like LeBron, like he you see the way he overreacts to stuff. Like I, I understand if he grew up like that. If he grew up like basketball like that, that's different. But he didn't grow up with basketball like that. So if he just dropped from that division, then you, you see the fist fighting, all that stuff. He'd be like, "Nah, bro, like give me a different yeah, team." You keep you saying tougher people like that. Like they'll say that, but until like a scrawny ass seven footer trying to take a charge on LeBron and <laughs> takes a, a, a shoulder to the chest and like never again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you just can't. It's not that easy. But uh, I mean the, the the doc was cool. I mean three and four was good. Um, they do they, real, real quick with three. I wanted to uh, I want y'all to rank your. I want to rank these five craziest athletes and rank your craziness. I want to see what y'all agree on this. Like how crazy they were. Yeah. So I got I got five. Uh, I got these five. So I got Dennis Rodman, LT, Lawrence Taylor, Ronnie Lott. Uh, who was on the one? I have one more. I have two more. Mike Tyson and Ron Artest. I want to see what you. Well, all, all Lawrence Taylor was on cocaine, so he's all right, me number one. <laughs> Thing was doing straight coke it's and still and still managed to, still managed to get twenty sacks a season. So that's number one on my list. Nah, dog. Nah, Ryan Lott was like 
hey man, your fingers broke. Just cut them off, dog. I wouldn't, I'm gonna go ahead and play this week. That's just called determination. I wouldn't say call that crazy. What? That's not crazy. I don't think that's crazy. I think it's just like love that's for the game. That's not crazy. Love that's, for the game. That's the love for the game shit. <laughs> uh, Lawrence Taylor, motherfucker. Nigga, that's cocaine. love for the game. Love for the game, man. He wants to get out there and play. I, I think it's it's dumb, but no, nigga, it's not dumb. It's crazy. It's crazy. I don't know about number one though. I don't know about number one. I, I, so you're trying to tell me that a motherfucker that will cut his fingers off to play the following week is crazy. It's not as crazy as fucking Ron Artest. Or are you telling me that a motherfucker that cuts his finger off is crazy and the motherfucker bit a nigga's ear off? That's per- that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, I, I think there's an ear off. There's a little bit of a difference between like that was a, this is a tough list overall for me. But I think there's a little bit of a difference with someone who can harm themselves and someone who's harming someone else. So Ron not harmed himself. So he don't give a fuck about nobody else. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> he don't. That's true. Like I mean, like I just don't. I cannot see Ron. Ar- I can't see Ryan Lott backing down from Ryan Artest, but I can see Ryan Artest backing down from Ryan Lott. I don't know, man. Ryan Artest was crazy enough. To go punch a bunch of niggas out in the stands. Yeah, you, you, you got to forget Metal World Peace. I'm talking about just straight up Ron Artest. He's been playing. He's been at that point. He's been playing for a few years. He thought it was. He's playing basketball for his entire life. He thought it was necessary to go whip some niggas' ass in the stands. Can you imagine that white dude's look on his face when he saw there, that big motherfucker walking into the stadium, into the stands, coming after him? Stephen like, Jackson not close behind. <laughs> Stephen Jackson not close behind. What is Ron Artest like six eight? At least. <laughs> like this motherfucker coming in the stadium. He's coming like you. You know, you talk shit and then this motherfucker start coming at you and you're going to talk. You're going to keep talking shit because you don't think he's going to stop. And then you realize he's not stopping. What do you say to yourself? Like, oh, shit, this nigga's not stopping. Look, yeah, he's six, seven, two sixty. <laughs> nah, buddy. Nah. OK, so I guess number one. OK, number one for me is. uh. It's probably uh, what you call it, Mike Tyson for craziest, and then I go uh, yeah, Mike was crazy. But Mike was crazy as hell. He'll admit today he was crazy. Like yeah. Ryan Lott would say, like, oh man, I just want to get out there for my team. I want to get there for my team. Do yeah. y'all see Mike now in them little videos he be having on? Where he be showing people how to box. Yeah, I've seen those. I, I've seen the videos of him trying to contain himself. Like he talks, he talks <laughs> about his old self. He's like, yeah, man, it gets me excited, man. But I gotta calm down. I gotta calm down. <laughs> no, man, I saw him on that video. He was showing a little white dude. How like bob and weave and like go to the body, and he did like five quick blows to do. Like he didn't hit him, but he's like quick little fakes to his body. I'm like, man, what happened? This motherfucker just had one of them motherfucking Evander Holyfield flashbacks or something, and just <laughs> tear all your kidneys and shot your ass or something. <laughs> like hell no. Nah. So yeah, he definitely, he definitely the craziest to me. It definitely. <laughs> yeah, man. It's- yeah, okay. I, I, I'm gonna go with Mike number one because I mean. That nigga AJ said Ryan Lott had love for the game. Nigga, no. <laughs> it's the love for the, she's showing his heart, all right? Because I mean, because here's my point. I get your love reasoning. for the game and shoot me up with some Nova Yeah, exactly. So That's uh, love for the game, nigga. Like, like, cut my fingers off. Like, here's my thing, though, too. It's, I guess you can argue that, like, the person who doesn't care about himself is just as crazy. But I think the person who's willing to danger other people's lives, such as Brian Tess or Mike Tyson, is crazier than the motherfucker who's just like, I just want to play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, here's, right, my, here's my thing. He he did that because he wanted to play. There was no real reason why Ron Tess and Mike Tyson did what they did. There's no real yeah, reason. I think you're it. right. I think you went because Mike Tyson and Ron Tess did some shit that you totally, that means you totally forgot where you are and who you are and what your job is. He just, all the thing like, <laughs> popped in his head was, I'm a nigga from Queens. All right. You can't do, <laughs> you can't do that shit. 
Uh, yeah, and then you in the boxing ring, you're like, this nigga's beating my ass. Let me just bite this nigga's ear off. You know, fuck this nigga. That's <laughs> <laughs> basically telling me. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Anyway, um, so yeah, the, the doc was cool. I liked it. Um, it, it was, uh, I knew that the pistons were hard. Uh, I, I didn't like the whole, they didn't shake our hand at the end shit. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Thomas, I'm glad he brought that point up. That yep, they, the Celtics didn't shake their hand either, and the took they took the blunt of the blame. Yeah, and the Celtics didn't get none of that blame. So I guess one, I like one, that part of about it, part four. One last thing I'd like to was how they kind of showed the impact Phil Jackson had. Like sure, it was this triangle yeah. offense. It's kind of like, look, man, you're a great player. You're leading scores like that, but clearly you can't. We can't win like this. Yeah. So if it's a lot better, you know, if you incorporate like if you could, if you can anything, you know. Michael Jordan did bring the best out of Pippen. Phil Jackson did. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson was like, look, there's some great players around you. But he did come up with what Jordan said. He had that quote. He said, it's like, look, man, I get you want to pass around, but pass the ball so much. But when, I don't want to pass the ball to Bill Cartwright. Five <laughs> seconds left. And miss that shit. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to do that shit. But it, it's clearly a perfect example of just like how much a coach can make a big difference. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're really like, you know, Harden can take notes. It's like, you're, hey, you're a really good player and stuff like this. But if we incorporate more of the players we have around you, not only will you put up numbers, you can have success as well. Yeah, and I, I thought it was really pres- like good, like on Phil Jackson's uh, re- represented good on Phil Jackson because you, you you can't name any players or many coaches today where the team where a team makes the NFC Championship, not NFC Championship, excuse me, the uh, conference conference finals, and the next year they uh they get a new coach and they still go back to the conference finals and they win that and they win the finals. Like not not many coaches can do that. Like usually the first year is usually an excuse for you to like usually an excuse for you to do bad. So. Because that just tells me like Phil Jackson saw what he had, what this team had, and was like, "This can be so much better if we didn't rely on Michael Jordan ISOs." So I was like, you know, incorporate Pippen on some of these passes. So every time you pass the ball, there's going to be somebody open. Hell, even when he was talking about with the um, Lakers, the '91 Finals, where it's like he told Michael Jordan, like, of all people, Jim Pack, Jim is open. Jim Paxson is open. So pass the ball, like you know. Ten year, two years ago, Jim Michael Jordan was like who I'm passing to Jim Packing? Like, give me the ball. You know what I mean? Hey, I said. <laughs> I said, I know James Harden looked at this shit, rolled his eyes so hard. <laughs> like, oh, God. All right, come on. <laughs> team me. basketball. The team basketball, what? <laughs> James Harden probably like, I really don't have anybody to pass it to. I really don't. <laughs> okay, See, you know, I think it's, uh, the funny part is, like, we, we get a whole backstory on Phil Jackson and how crazy he was back in the day and, like, the hippie type part of him. And then the first thing I thought of when I heard all that was, like, remember when he was leaving New York? And everyone called him like crazy. This nigga won't give up his ambition. He's going crazy. He's doing everything. <laughs> so it reminded me of that. Like, okay, like he still has. The- yeah, it's very well made. Yeah, it's very well made. I'm really excited for it. And believe there's still, you know, six more episodes to go. It's- yeah. So it'll be a good little watch. Uh, did you guys, uh, since quarantine, I guess, did you guys uh, got any movie recommendations, TV show movie recommendations for the, um, for the uh, listeners? Uh, I've been watching some Impossible White Man movies. Um, I watched Angels Fallen. Oh yeah, well, Angels Classic. Fallen, and I watched the new Netflix movie Extraction. Basically, it's just like white man savior, brown 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 person in trouble. Uh, the white man save you. If you look in some, if you want to look dig deeper into the meaning of it, but if you take it at face value, it's just a good old fashioned, terrible movie. Good action. Uh, I did see that Extraction was. I, I fell asleep towards the middle end, <laughs> but I did. It was a lot of killing. Um, I saw you know I saw a lot of John Wick similarities in that movie. 
like they were trying to do like a John Wick type. But I also found out that I think the director of that movie Extraction, I think he used to be like a stunt a stunt guy or mm-hmm. something, just like John Wick's director. Yeah. Was. So I think that's why he kind of had that the action look so clean in that. Uh, I don't really have too much. I did watch um, a documentary. It's uh, something like how to get away with a drug scandal or something like that, or how to fix a drug scandal. Um, it's on Netflix. It's, it's a documentary. I probably take the name of it. But basically, it was a uh, it was a documentary about two chemists uh, in Massachusetts that were basically fudging um, test results that resulted in drug convictions in Massachusetts. And one of the two happened to be a crackhead, and she probably lived every crackhead's dream. Um, this bitch got free crack <laughs> delivered to her on a daily basis. <laughs> Some Uber Eats for crack. <laughs> she, and she was a crackhead and she was actually working in the crime lab and she was just smoking crack and she would smoke the crack that got delivered to her. And when she ran out of crack, she would take the cocaine that was that was delivered and she would cook her own crack. So she did everything that was in the drug lab. She did meth. She did amphetamine. She did heroin. She did the American dream. Cocaine crack. She was in a drug person's heaven and she only got a uh, four years. So four years for smoking <laughs> evidence. <laughs> Four years. She got four years. Actually, you know what? I'm lying. She got 18 months. I'm glad she got 18 months. The chemist on the other end of Massachusetts, this one was, she wasn't doing drugs. What she was doing was she was just falsifying her tests. So what she was doing was if it looked like crack, I'm just going to say it's crack. If it looked like cocaine, I'm just going to say it's cocaine. If it looked like, looked like heroin, I'm going to say it's heroin. So she was actually doing a test on the drugs. She got four years. She was a minority, by the way. So it just... Uh, the crackhead was white. The minority was the lazy minority was four years. <laughs> the, the lazy person was a minority. She got four years, and the crackhead got eighteen months. So hmm, you do the math. The ironic part was there's probably <laughs> another crackhead who got four years for smoking crack. So, so uh, Man, that was that was my latest watch as far as uh, Netflix. Joe, you had any? Uh, it's not. It's an oldie, but I, I decided to rewatch it because uh, y'all was having the whole music debate, so it made me want to rewatch it. But I rewatched Three Out of Compton. With the, the whole NWA, mm-hmm. of course. But the thing, okay, I, I love I, I love the whole movie in general. Like, I, I can't imagine like someone rewatching it and being like distasteful about it because it's actually a good ass movie. Like, uh, not just a biography, but the overall movie altogether. But my thing was, I think if I'm Cube, I'm a lot more mad about the situation than he actually was because like I write all the songs, I write the lyrics for all the songs, and then we, we do we go on tour together, and like I barely saw a lot that much money he put it all past him and had his own shit but like i'm still i've been so i would have been so uh niggas, mad about the previous shit nigga smashed somebody's office i think that's i think that's pretty angry okay, but he, he that was over, priority yeah, yeah. he oh, smashed, right, he he smashed it over for something else but I, yeah, I, I, okay. i'm mad he wasn't he didn't let go he how, how easy he let go of the uh nwa shit so here's a fun fact for everyone uh cube sold the lyrics to boys in the hood to easy for a hundred dollars God damn! A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. <laughs> was it like a on the tour bus? Oh yeah, let me get that whole bro. Nah, yeah. it was. Uh, they were looking for a song for um, you know, for Easy's album, and he wrote that song. And Cube was like, I guess it was supposed to be on the NWA album. And Easy was like, Hey, let me get that song. He was like, All right, he's I'm a, you know, he gave him hundred dollars for it. Wait, Easy has his own album. Yeah, Easy had man yeah. <laughs> his own personal album. Yeah, yeah, you know that, that was what's, the, what's so, the name of the own personal album. Easy does it. No. Yeah. How do you not know Easily this? Easily I approach. AJ, we've never talked about Easy, Easy having his own album. So well, I didn't right. talk about it because I know it. 
Yeah, so after NWA came out, NWA dropped first. Yeah. And then Easy had his own album. But right? wasn't wasn't Boys uh Boys in the Hood, wasn't that not on the NWA album? Nah, Boys in the Hood was on the Easy album. Oh shit. So um what happened was this is how the beef happened. What happened was was when NWA dropped, Easy was like, Hey, we're gonna divide the money. You had four or five ways, right? It's five of us in a group. The money's gonna get divided five ways. Well, when Easy's album dropped, even though Dre and all of them helped write and produce and did the whole album, it was Easy was like, "Well, ah, this is my money, <laughs> and you guys only get pieces of it." Like you know, writers and producers we get. And that's what kind of started. That's what started to hold the whole beef with with NWA. So just a quick fun fact, everybody. Money. No, I, I, I get you on that, and then. uh I forgot who the whole the whole producer, the white boy that t- the white man that took all their money and shit for the boy. Oh, for, Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller. So mm-hmm. like, uh, for how hood they were, they didn't go after him much. The main thing that went after him was Suge. Suge was the main one that like kept going after him intentionally, like tried to hurt the nigga. So I feel like they kind of just let that whole situation kind of go early. I guess I see why Easy because Easy was one getting most of the money, and then uh, they kind of let it all go and they kind of forgave Easy and they forgot about Jerry and didn't talk about Jerry much after that. Yeah, I think that was just. Um, I think the movie kind of explained that a little bit too. Like at that time, man, they them dudes didn't have nothing. I think you, <laughs> when you in the business, you don't have anything. You you you're just trying to make it. You're trying to break through. Like somebody you give you ten thousand dollars, you like that's a lot of money. Because somebody who don't have nothing. Yeah, he you he gave you ten thousand dollars, but he's making fifty thousand yeah. dollars. You don't he, even know. And it. you don't realize that you're not that you're getting cheated until it's too late. And then by the time you realize you're getting cheated, you're like, you know, what? I can just do my own thing. So I think that's how it all played out. It's it's kind of a showing when today's artists now like like there's a huge thing with Frank Ocean mm-hmm. like his he had a big mixtape he signed to a thing whatever it was but the the uh his label just kept suppressing him like oh we'll wait we'll wait we'll wait so we did he had a two two album contract on them so he released one then we did release one long ass live stream called an album and then went then went solo and made mm-hmm. his best album so it's like I was a big lot of ton of money so. Well, that's one thing I can I I do admit that I envy you guys, the millennials and the the Gen Zers, um, that SoundCloud and that YouTube and uh, you guys really took that and used that to your advantage. Like um, literally, any nigga with a, a computer and a yeah. microphone can make music, or right or with a phone can make a video and shit like that. Because mm-hmm. that boy, uh, that NBA young boy, like I, his music is, uh, but I just like him just because he's so independent. So. See, I think that speaks on our generation as a whole because we won't do anything without actually getting our money for it first. Like, if we know we can get money from it, we're going to do it ourselves. But there's no way you can do make us do something without us getting our money for it. And, first. and it's even better that those guys who are going independent are what they're doing. It's just like, all right, shit, I'm going to start my own label So because there's a lot of people I can put on that are really good. I mean, that's how the whole TDE stuff. I mean, sure, it's Kendrick. You know, Kendrick was. And then that's the guy who's seen Schoolboy Q start coming up more. And then Isaiah Rashad. Um, even, um, uh, what's the old girl's name? Summer Walker? No, no, no. <laughs> That's the first one I think of when you think of Yeah, old girl. Oh, Meg Stallion? Oh, shit. What do you think about? She's a singer. Um, My girl is your girl. And my, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, thank you, AJ, for that. Lovely. <laughs> I forgot her name, but whatever. Anyway. Wait, wasn't there beef, though, like with like Nicki Minaj and her label or like Drake or something like that for Money Stick? Yeah, that, that's the, because that's the funny part, because Drake loves to put, try to put people on his label. Are oh, you talking about SZA? SZA, yeah, something yes. else. Um, Drake, that's kind of the running joke with Drake where he runs like a sweatshop 
for his albums. <laughs> so there'll be like a really good artist who comes out and he's like, yeah, I want to sign on my label, sign on my label, whatever it was. And then he, what he does is just keep it quiet. He did that with Party Next Door. He's a singer. He's Party Next Door. Came out with a great debut mixtape, signed with OVO. Didn't hear from him for like six years. Then he comes out with an album all of a sudden. Or all you hear time you hear him is on, he's either producing for Drake, writing for Drake, or featuring for Drake. <laughs> so that, I remember he trying to do the same thing with The Weeknd. The Weeknd came out. He's like, oh, this is one of the best mixtapes ever. And Weeknd's like, come on, sign with OVO. Weeknd's like, nah, I just signed my own. Because we know he just make a sweatshop of all these motherfuckers. Like he did the same thing with, um, with, uh, I don't know. Like like people like novice like a lot of mm-hmm. Toronto rappers. There's been some real good ones. They're just he was signed to the label and just basically be like, "Are right, you writing for me now?" Wow, sweatshop shit. Uh, and plus, I was just to end it. I guess I was just looking at the playlist for uh, Easy's album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only song I know on here is like "We Want Easy." I, I swear I didn't. I guess I only know that one because it's on it's Dr. Dre's on it. You know, Easy does it. Yeah, Easy does it. I guess that's a good one. Yeah, I gotta I gotta go back and look at Easy's playlist. What songs are on that on the album? So you got Still Talking, mm-hmm. Nobody Move. Nobody Move, Ruthless Nobody villain. Gets Hurt. What? <laughs> Ruth, Ruthless Villain. MC Ren. Mm-hmm. Too Hard Mothers. Mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood. Remix. Mm-hmm. Easy Does It. We Want Easy. Easier Said Than Done. Radio. No More Question uh, Marks. Radio was nice. No More Questions, I should say. Yeah. I'ma break it down. Easy Chapter 8, verse 10. Yeah. So yeah, I remember Easy's album. Anyway, um, that'll about wrap it up for the somewhat privileged podcast. Uh, Joe, you got any shout outs? Uh, no, no shout outs this week. We ain't, ain't, we ain't, we ain't do nothing. I guess shout out to Rod. For, uh, we're going to get him on sometime soon. Uh, shoot us an email at somewhat podcast, the somewhat podcast at gmail.com. We get our website up and going soon. Uh, I'm trying to get a website uh, together to uh, my own website portfolio up together and shit to do. Um, no, that's pretty much all I got. AJ, uh, shout out to um, some music I've listened to: Smino, Westside Gun, and Thundercat. They, they've been on my um, playlist for a little while, all week. Pops, um, shout out to my cousin um, Markel. Uh, he just started his website. Um, I think it's a uh, um, art by Markel Lee. Um, spell that out for them. Spell that out for him. Yeah, hold on. I, mean, I got to find their actual website. I, I guess I should have done this before. I asked y'all for shout outs, huh? <laughs> no, no, you straight. You straight. Yeah, <laughs> sh- shout out to Mark. Okay, I know he, he, he probably come uh, to double Triple D soon. I heard about that. I heard about that. He coming down. But yeah, yeah. He, he, he's supposed to be coming out here and we're definitely going to get him on the podcast because he is probably the biggest Rams fan I've ever met in my life. And if you don't know anything about Rams, when I say this dude follows Rams, um, when I say he researches all the uh, – the drafts, he researches the players, he watch, watches every game Which is probably weird. four or five times. Which is weird since he's from LA. <laughs> yeah, but he's he was a Rams fan when they were in LA. Yeah. So he watches each game four or five times. He knows every player that they have on the team. But his uh his actual website is artbymarkel.com. So A-R-T-B-Y-M-A-R-K-E-L.com. Um his his website, he's he's a fire artist, uh, does a lot of graphic artists or actual painting painting is what he is what his specialty is and he does a lot of urban painting and the dude is just he's been drawn since he was i mean i mean in diapers i think but he's an awesome artist uh so check his website out uh other than that yeah um stay up thanks again for coming out listening to the uh somewhat privileged podcast joe you want to give him the twitter and the email yeah, Twitter's uh so at somewhat pod. We 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 tweet about the draft and stuff like, like earlier, 
but yeah, at somewhat pod on Twitter. And then the emails at is the somewhat podcast at gmail.com. So if you guys want to let us know what topics you want to talk about, uh, if you want to come on maybe, or uh, just any comments or good, funny comments on, about the show, just let us know and uh, hit us up. All right. That about do it. And the somewhat privileged podcast is out. Yeah.